I think that album as a whole is really fucking good, though. I don't. I, I, if you put a gun to my head, I don't think I could tell you another song from the album. Mm. Like I'm, I'm the most basic of white bitches. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I'm the one who's like, oh man, Tom Sawyer's great. And then someone's like, yeah, I love Rush. I love like YYZ. I'm like, what? Uh oh. It's so depressing. Like I'm talking know... about the Nintendo game. They made a book out of it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. everyone it is once again that time of the year socks cast game of the year 2017 who's excited me Woo! Woo! i'm excited <laughs> we made it through another one welcome to socks oh i thought we we're gonna talk about our favorite games released this year so far like um <laughs> um um Dishonored 2, was that uh, this year? Yeah. PlayStation All-Stars Battle Racer. Yes, that one too. That was, man, I remember you were were Kratos, and we were just like, oh man, he keeps beating us! Holy crap. And that that, that Sonic chili dog eating simulator was pretty good too, I have to say. That was just you eating chili dogs. It it still counts! It still counts. That wasn't in game at all. Slugscast episode 60. How's everyone doing out there? We're back in action. We're all very cold. We're all very cold and miserable, and we just got to keep telling ourselves it's only two more months. It's only two more months. I said that last year, and then a week later we ended up getting ten feet of snow, so <laughs> that was a good time. Um, quick um, quick programming note. Rhett, you had something going up on the site maybe next week, right? Yeah, the... Uh... <laughs> infinitely delayed infinitely delayed and infamous the gen six li- it's the gen six list i think it, it, is it's the big one five or six you don't even fucking yeah. remember the name of your own list yeah anymore. five was playstation six is playstation two that's this one cool. that'll be going up and there there yeah there will probably be a podcast along to go with that so that'll be that'll be some good fun uh, hell yeah yeah and now we'll do this thing the way we always do it. To my immediate virtual right, he doesn't projectile vomit. He erectile vomits. Oh, God. It's Rhett. Boy, just off to a great start with that one. We're <laughs> off to a raging start, you might say. Oh. <laughs> How's it going, Rhett? It's going. It goes, it goes, it goes. Hey, it's that yeah. reference to that band you like again. I think I've done that one before. Yeah, you might have. You might have. Uh, are you ready? Ready to get another year in podcasts going, Rhett? How many has it been? We've been doing this 60 episodes. That's a long time. Yeah, it's it like is. Years. We can probably retire, I think, at this point. And people will revere us, maybe. Not in Obama's America. Not in Obama's America. <laughs> Nobody retires. <laughs> 
Two immediate virtual left. Who shot me? But you punks didn't finish. Now you're about to feel the wrath of a menace. It's John Thayer. I am John Thayer. I have climbed up here from the frozen waters of Hell's Ninth Circle to curse this podcast with my presence. It's worked, really. 60 episodes, believe me, we're fucking <laughs> feeling it. Woo! Climbed out from that slimy pit he calls Florida. Just you got, Y'all are just talking about winter, and I'm like, what? Huh? Why do we keep him around? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we we had a few days where it was like forty overnight, and it was real Something cold. Something to think about moving forward. Just uh, finally, yeah. we had to turn the heat on a couple nights. I I got boner on speed dial, so okay, good, 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 good. John, are you ready for another year of of, of yeah. fantastic podcasts? Hell yeah! So I thought Do we'd it. go ahead and get 2017 started off on a good note. So I decided to bring back very special guest bars that you may remember from one of our funniest episodes ever. When kids are around, his theme song is Go, Go, Stranger, Danger! It's Samurai Karasu. You implying I'm a pedophile? <laughs> <laughs> subtly. Only subtly. I'm subtle poly oh. after all. Okay. I mean, you're uh, don't course correct. Like you're right, but <laughs> I'm just I'm just curious if you're. I mean, you can let people know. Like it's fine. I have to let people know. As soon as <laughs> yeah, I like there's a sign in your, sign in your front yard and everything. And people are real jerks about it. They get really antsy for some reason. Because mm-hmm. I I cater to all elementary school banquets, and it, I don't have any kids. I just think that they could use some food. And for some reason, people frown on it. Man, what weirdos, huh? Yeah, real, real fuddy duddies. Yeah, <laughs> just pooping all over your parade. Oh, that's all they do, you know. But <laughs> I always like to make sure. I always like to make sure the Girl Scouts get their orders finished. <laughs> Nobody so, buys more cookies than I do. I, I don't doubt it at all. I'm a diabetic pedophile. <laughs> Put it on my fucking tombstone. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm tired. I think we all are. I'm a sleepy boy. Uh, how'd you, oh man. Did you have a good did you have a good holiday season? Yeah, it was uh, it was a hoot. Mm. Six days a week in fucking retail. Yeah. Piss in my eyes, Jesus Christ! But man, Chris, Christmas was worth it though. Like once you get to Christmas, you're like, "Fuck, I did all that." Oh, felt nice. You're just relaxing. Mm-hmm. Just buying new shoes because your old ones broke. Man, those are the fucking joys of life. I've since the last episode, I've I've since found Jesus, and now I only talk about things like your family and shoes. Buy my album. And your and your family's shoes. And my family's shoes, which I stole and threw in the garbage. Oh. Fuck my family, bunch of fucking ungrateful idiots. <laughs> Buy them great presents. They don't even fucking get me anything, except the other gifts. They got me gifts, but they're all crap. Gift card from Denny's. Who eats at Denny's? Nobody. Fuck it. I, I ate at Denny's and fucking hot plate of vomit. Bunch of garbage. Throw it right in my fucking mouth. You know, there are people, apparently, like, when they hear the word... Denny's? Well, well, that too. But when they hear the word vomit, it actually makes them sick. 
It's like a weird audio trigger for some people that if you just say vomit, 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 vomit. <laughs> well, if you did that, I think that a lot of people would probably have an odd reaction. Like, please stop yelling vomit. <laughs> this is odd. Like, if you just look at someone dead-eyed and tell them vomit, vomit, vomit. It's like the fucking guy in Mission Hill. Penis, 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 penis. Like, that'll make me throw up. I think I'm gonna have to start doing that. That's probably gonna be my new thing. My New Year's resolution is to just greet as many people as I can by staring them dead in the eye and just vomit, 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 and just getting progressively louder until they turn away and leave me the fuck alone. Or they vomit. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll stop doing that once somebody vomits on you. Probably. Yeah. That won't be so fun. That won't They'll be, be like, oh, how how could this have gone wrong? How could, like, <laughs> it was such a perfect plan. How, God, I thought this out and everything. I had diagrams, <laughs> damn it, diagrams! You get vomited on, and then it turns, it freeze frames, and then it's, a, then it's a voiceover from you. You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> then we snap back to this very episode of the Soxcast. Beautiful. Poetic. Oscars. Poetic justice, baby. So, Samurai Karazu. Yes. We start out with the guests on this damn show. What oh, the hell geez. have you been up to? Oh, Jesus Christ. I gotta go. Uh, no, I haven't been doing much fun. I bought the new Pokemon game. Oh. I'm a dirty casual, and I have gotten maybe four hours into it. <laughs> like, I've, I've been... I don't know, I haven't been making great use of my time. But actually, in gaming news, I guess, uh, a buddy of mine and I invested some money into an NES flash cart. Is it flash cart or flash cart? Because I've said both, and I'm always wrong. I think they're, like, if they go in a system, like, they're flash carts, and if they're... Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you're, you're... I'm gonna I'm gonna get so much pussy now that I know that. Yeah, right. you are. <laughs> just thro- they're just throwing themselves at you now. No, we uh he had a Super Nintendo flash cart and that was fun. We played Chuck Rock and Captain Novelin, some real classic. Oh yeah, the good stuff. And, yeah, and it became basically every time he left the room, I was like, hold on, I've known a good game on Super Nintendo, and he'd come back in. <laughs> Fulling every fucking time. <laughs> and we played the Yogi Bear Super Nintendo game, which is great because it just it starts with him going, Here comes Yogi! Like, yeah. Rush the sc- it rushes oh, towards the screen. It's the most terrifying fucking thing. That's, that's fucking. That, that inspired that Six Nights at Who's a Fudge, whatever that game is. <laughs> that game. That yeah, who cares? Yeah, that's the title. Yeah, six yeah. months. Six months at Hooja Fudge. <laughs> six months. Yeah, it's that one. You actually have to play it in real time. People are still let's playing that thing right now. <laughs> it's just, they have beards and they're crying. Yeah. No, it, but it's it's a lot of fun, like experiencing. I'm basically at the point now, though. He just got the NES flash card in the mail, mm-hmm. and I'm really excited. Like we're gonna go through play stuff. We've basically decided that the first game we want to play is Gremlins Two, just because of that music. Oh yeah, well that's and, that's a Sunsoft uh, joint, so you know it's got that music. And honestly, his second choice is Fester's Quest, and he's oh. like, it's it's gonna be shit, and he know, and we yeah. both know it. Yeah. But 
at the same time, since it's a flash cart, like we can also download like that that patch that makes it playable, where like your bullets go through walls and there aren't gun downgrades for some reason. Because who wouldn't want that in a game? Something that you don't want to collect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they kind of cut down on some of the enemy health a bit. The touch made things not impossible. I, I'll tell you, played that uh, played that patch. Makes that game doable. That's something that I think we need more of, is not people being like, what if Mario did this in a place that is still a desert but has, like, flowers or something? I don't know. I wasted my life on What this. if Mario was a penis? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, that's... No. That's that's important. Well, let's keep what if, those. What if Mega Man had a, a penis in front of him and he <laughs> shot penises and also the bosses were penises? <laughs> And also, Dr. Wily is, is a penis, but the machine is a pair of testicles. <laughs> like, <laughs> and there's also a lot of homophobia in the game for oh, some yeah. reason. Oh, always. No, yeah. like, stop doing those, ROM hacks. Maybe start, like, going back to games that could have been good and being like, hey, here's a little elbow grease. Hey, maybe, maybe make this game not impossible. Yeah, Let's okay. make Battletoads fun, because that's, that's the fucking, that's the lie, people. That's the lie that the liberal media has pushed on you. Battletoads fucking sucks eggs. The game looks great, it's fun for, like, two levels, then it's impossible, and it sucks. Fuck Battletoads. Wasted my goddamn life on them. If, if, that was if my first review on the site. Yeah, it was. If there's, if, if there's anything well, I can give that game credit for, it's just, it's got a lot of variety, at least. It's, yep. it's it has great things about it. it like every the animation's adorable the animation is super super good rare definitely deserves like all this credit and kudos but man like man game let's not lie let's not lie to ourselves and pretend yeah. that game's great no. i like level six if you that? put a gun inside of my asshole and ask me what level six is, I would tell you to fire. I think it's the one where you're jumping up on the snakes that are running around the level. Oh, okay, that one's that one's that one's fine. I think because yeah, it's not like... obnoxious and it's um. And John has a snake. And John has a snake. Oh, <laughs> I know. I realized that after I said it, but I really just like that level a lot. It's creative, especially yeah, on the NES. Like it yeah. is visually it's interesting. Snake. I really like a goodified version of Spelunker. That what game's else? real charming. Called Spelunky. Spelunky. Just play no, Spelunky. Spel Spelunker I know. on just the. Play oh, Spelunky, I guess so. Yeah, just 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 play Spelunky. You're good. I yeah I get. I mean, I'd like I'd really like a goodified version of Spelunker. It's a really cute little thing. That's the, I hate that so much when there's a game that it's like, man, this could be good, but I think they did remake Spelunker. Like, there's a Spelunker HD yeah. on, like, Xbox Live. There's, like, a new game called Spelunker World on PS4 as well that's free to play. Yeah, and It's yeah. actually, like, kind of playable, and they've had Neptunia stuff in it, so I played it so a bit. So it's the only reason Rhett <laughs> invested any time in that thing was because there's cute <laughs> anime girls in it. To, to, in my eyes, what that was was a desperate cry for people to be like, oh, okay, you played it, and then you have to like put that in at the end because you knew in your heart why you played it. Yeah. <laughs> and you couldn't not admit to it. <laughs> it was painful, and you, you, you're like, yeah, I played it, and I'm not doing it. But I mean, like, that's... that's it was... So what, uh, what, what NES flash cart did you guys end up going with? 
Oh, fuck. I don't know. I gave him the money for Christmas and he bought it. I don't know. Oh. Who cares? Okay. Was, I, I like that I got really defensive. I don't know. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I only ask because I'm in the market for one and I'm just asking around. Pardon me. Hey, hey Polly, here's a crazy idea. Why don't you fuck off? That's, you're, that's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I'm sorry. I'm in a ribald mood. No, I'm not sure. Once he, once I he bought it and he's got a big ass retro collection, so I just play stuff with at his house. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we'll he'll um he'll light a few things and we'll enjoy terrible games. Man, you know what? Uh, no one tells you about the Super Nintendo. A lot of the games on it are terrible. Yeah, it's uh mm. yep. There's some pretty bad, bad things on there. What What are some of the other bad games that have stuck out? Oh fuck. Um, uh, there's one that was, I can't remember the name of it, but you're like playing as a pirate, I think, and it's like, it, I I don't even know. Oh no no, you know what? Okay, fu no fuck that. Wordtress. Wordtress. Oh god, we, fuck Wordtress. We both thought we were gonna hate. And then we did, and then we kept playing it, and we're like, is this game good? And we liked it for, like, 20 minutes, and then we hated it again. We played that game for at least an hour and a half. <laughs> like, that game, it was so bad, though, because it's like, I can't, with Tetris, it's very obvious. The the blocks fall, you line them up, and you're there, it's easy. But then in WordTrist, like, it somehow becomes complicated, like, if you drop an E on top of a W, like sometimes the like W it shifts the whole row or just shifts the whole row down or like it's it's just it's it's fuck. Speaking of E and W, I'll describe that game in one word: you. You. Hey, it, that was you know, that was your most elaborate setup. That it was an accident too, so I can't <laughs> even be like a clever about it. Oh fuck! No man, Chuck Rock in particular was a really like that was so bad like i i played that for like two and a half minutes he just said just turn it off just quit just turn it the fuck off like it's always great to, because with with either of us when we play a game one of us will invariably get off the couch and just turn it off because we both know it's garbage let me actually i'm sure there are more of them and i'm i'm i don't know why i'm at a fucking and still trying to remember what we were playing Chuck Rock just stands out in my mind because I don't know if anyone's fucking played Chuck Rock, but I'll tell you, it's just a fucking caveman with a punch who fucking like puts his stomach out and he goes, Whoa. yeah, it's, it's really not good. It's awful. Like it's, yeah. it, it's, and he's like trying to get some like caveman babes. It's the most nineties thing. What the fuck was with the nineties and the fucking? Well, it's prehistoric because fucking Jurassic Park. Basically, no, that's it. It sucks. It's awful. Was that a and, Data East joint? I could swear that's probably a Data East joint. I don't. I think Data East was Joe and Mac. And Joe, Joe and Mac. Mac. Okay, yeah, Joe and Mac. Joe and Mac are good. Yeah, that's those are decent. They're just... I play. I had the first Joe and Mac as a kid, so we played a shit ton of it. And it's those are good. Like, and they're two player. I think, which also was something I had trouble with. Is like there aren't that many two player games that were very good. Yeah. I don't know. Well, like we played Super Contra. We got the Japanese version of uh, Contra Three. Contra Three. Sorry, not Super Contra. Don't be silly. Um, an actual good game. 
<laughs> yeah, not <laughs> Super Contra, much better than Contra Three. Absolutely. Ever. I'm not I even. Don't... I'm not even being sarcastic there. I truly believe oh, that. Oh fuck, man! I love Contra Three. Contra Three is just the most fucking Rambo ass bullshit. Well, I don't know though because there's certain bosses that we've kind of decided that we both hate. My friend and I. I can speak for us as a single person because we are. But I can tell you what bosses they are. Stage is it four. That... Stage four. Which is the the the, the 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 missile hoppy boss? Most people hate that boss. The missile hop It's not the big, oh. not the big Terminator head, right? No, no. <clears throat> yeah, that's stage. That's the end of stage three. Yeah. Oh fuck! fuck, fuck yeah, the uh, the 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 plane. Yeah. Oh yeah, fuck that sucks. That sucks. And uh, and uh, the stage five boss, which is yeah, the big fuck the, stage the five eyeball, boss. the thing in the middle with the eyeball and the little arms that come out and the sand oh, starts yeah, the, shifting. The fuck, fuck that. Yeah, the, 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 the fucking ant lion or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that thing yeah. sucks. That thing sucks, sucks through a fucking straw. That is the worst. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. So we just kept dying and like launching bombs. I don't fucking know. That's basically your best strategy. What a bunch of slop. Yeah, yeah like we, I think we we might have turned on that game. But I'll tell you, Super Turrican. That we fucking. Oh, I want to play that game. We played the shit out of that. We played that on a whim, and the fucking music. Oh my like, god, so good. The music made us like it was like a, a religious experience. Like you like started felt... started making out and everything. It was crazy. Oh, we did. It was so cute, and he was he just looked so perfect in the light. <laughs> Man, Super Turrican is, and like I got, I played it on my own mm-hmm. just cause. And man, like it it doesn't quite stick the landing. Like the last couple stages are kind of shit. Yeah. But that fucking music, man, to me, that game earns its stripes. It's good, and fuck it. Why the fuck not? Yep. Like, all the Turk and uh, SNES games are actually pretty good. I... Super Turk and 2, we've decided we're going to... We're saving that for a rainy day. Mm-hmm. And I... I, But I'll tell you, though, uh, that Super Nintendo cart has seen a, a copious amount of Zombies Ate My Neighbors getting used. That's a damn fine choice. It, it, we're not, we don't get that far. We're, we only get like up to the worm level or something. Mm-hmm. But after that, it's like, ah, uh, piss. Yeah, like that game does get pretty ridiculously hard uh, pretty quickly. Oh, ludicrously so. Yeah. And now I'm going to show him how much I love Arrow the Acrobat 2. Oh, man. Those games. Not a big fan. Arrow the Acrobat is a shit ball game. Like a fucking bunch of fucking garbage. Like It's it's like if garbage threw something away. That's what Arrow the Acrobat <laughs> number one. Like, it, it has like one good song, and then it's like, hey, what if the rest of the game was terrible? Yeah, and the yeah. developer's like, yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. You should go with that. Then Arrow the Acrobat 2 is like, hey, it's kind of a shitty collectathon, but it's still kind of fun and the music's really good. Yeah, the music is a significant step up from the first one, at the very least. 
the music and that, but there is like this inexcusable thing, which is like one of the stages is called Fort Red Star, mm-hmm. which is just a big like Russia allegory, yeah. like to the point it even has like the guy doing like the Cossack dance, like doing the fucking things, like he's an enemy with a big furry hat, and I'm like, who are we trying to? What are we trying to say? It's yeah. like 1995. The Soviet Union is not doing so hot. <laughs> They're probably a little, a little dismal. Do we really need, is this the stone you want to throw Arrow the Acrobat to? You know what, like, that would legitimately be like, if there was a stage in a game, like, that was just like, you know, Fort Camelfuck or something. Yeah, yeah. It came out in, like, 2006. Oh my god. It's it's that level of, like, what are we doing? This is weird. Maybe stop with that shit. Like yeah. it's kind of grody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even think I knew there was an Arrow of the Acrobat two. No one would think that. No one <laughs> yeah. would think that. Arrow of the Acrobat one was like not good, and it was like, hey, go collect a bunch of things in this big shitty open area, <laughs> and there's spikes beneath you, and they'll instant kill you, but you can't tell. You're not gonna be able to tell they're there because yeah. this game sucks. But Arrow the Acrobat 2 is, like, more of a, a standard platformer, and it's not it's not amazing, but it's, like, it, it's so endearing that they really, like, realized how bad the first game sucked dick. And they were just like, what if we made this good? And then someone's like, it's a bold stance to take. You're on. <laughs> Especially right now, Sunsoft, you've not fared too well in the 16-bit era. Let's, let's dial it back and aim for decent. Yeah, oh, that like, was Sunsoft, wasn't it? Jeez, isn't that insane? No, uh, no, it, it was definitely Sunsoft, but that was a collaboration between uh, the video game greats of Iguana Entertainment. Oh God, <laughs> they were. It, I'm sure they made other games. I'll never fucking know. Iguana, they, Iguana's lumped Turok? in. Yeah, like Iguana gets lumped in with a lot of weird acclaim shit too. Yeah. As soon as you said that name, I just had, like, visions of, like, oh, bad games. Yeah. yeah. Iguana could not have made good games. Like, I'm just assuming that, and it's (laughs) probably unfair. Um, Well, a lot of of NBA jams. Yes, NBA jam is Uh, good. I like NBA jam. Um, Turrocked? Oh, 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 that might be the problem. Here's a a little classic they made. uh, South Park in 1998. You ever play that? Man, that game. P-U. P-U. yeah, indeed, that game. That's a that's a real fucking stinkeroni. Yikes. Yuck. The Pirates of Dark Water. I'm assuming it's bad. I'm just basing that on the title. Yeah, they made they helped make Turok. Yeah, so, Turok I mean, they... wasn't too bad. I like Turok. I said that with no knowledge. I've never played Turok. <laughs> I just assume that it's good. It's a like it's it is a very early console first person shooter, but it kind of works. But it kind of works. Very foggy. Yeah, very foggy. Very foggy. You know, it's weird. They actually just put the tur- first Turok on Steam this yeah, week. W- wait, what? Yeah, I'm almost entirely sure the first no, Turok is on game, Steam now. That Turok's been out. That Turok remake's been out for like oh, over a year. Really? really? Yeah, I could have sworn. Let me do some digging. Like it's you, you I... digging for fossils up top. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Are there dinosaurs in Turok? Yeah, there. Oh, well, thank God! Woo! Right, Saved yourself there. Cut that part out in editing. Don't actually cut <laughs> it out. But if you, 
No, fuck. No, wait, hold on. Now cut out. No, what you have to do? Cut the joke out and mm-hmm. then leave in me explaining. Yes. <laughs> well, that's how we. That's how we roll around here. Yeah, like this has been out for a long time, right? This was actually on my. Uh, this was on my wish list for a long time. It just now it has a level editor on it. Oh. That oh, was okay. that was that was never available before. It's hard to tell when something came out on Steam when it says, "Oh, released 1997." Like, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's helpful. I was. I was. I was an early adopter on Steam. I got it in 1997. <laughs> <laughs> when Gabe Newell had a big mustache, it was all fucking act. It was all operated outside of his mom's garage. Yeah, it's, it's funny. This came out before Half Life. Yeah, this, and Steam wasn't even with Half Life. It was Half Life Two. Yeah, that platform's weird. Yeah, yeah. Did not get off to the nicest of starts. Let's just say. So, wow, we went down a rabbit hole there with Iguana, huh? <laughs> well, look, fuck him. Iguana, Iguana made three fuck good em. games. That's, yeah, that's my stance in Iguana games. <laughs> I'm making a bold stance here. The now defunct entertainment. <laughs> Iguana entertainment. I don't think anybody's had this hot of a take before on this podcast, so... Woo! Especially not on Iguana. Yeah, you're gonna cool me off. Yeah. I got some water here, but it's not going to do much good. If I pour that on the microphone, I'm not going to be able to podcast anymore, unfortunately. That sounds like a problem with your mic. It, it is! Mike's a fucking pussy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. Like, I, I was so astonished by that. I opened the fucking podcast telling people I was a diabetic pedophile and you said my mic's a my mic's a pussy. I'm like, whoa, let's back things up. That might have been a bit a bit too rude. Getting a little saucy here. Might want to pull oh. back a little. Yes. Don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But man, it kinda of sucks about Sunsoft though, huh? That didn't quite make it out of the eight bit era all that hey, well. Uh... They should have been catapulted out of the 8-bit era. They should have been... Everything they did on the NES from, like, 1990 on felt like it was next-gen. Like, the things they did on the NES are incredible. I'm, like, Blaster Master's great. Like, Fester's Quest might have been, like, the one thing I can think of that they did that was hot garbo. Yeah. Sunsoft... How the fuck is Sunsoft not, like, rich... How are they not? How are they not, fucking the kings of the world right now, Mister Gimmick? Yes, <laughs> oh, Gimmick is game. so good. That, that's a great game. Hebereka. Oh, yeah, they, they did a Hebereka, or it's also known as Euphoria in uh, Europe. Uh, Atlantis, Atlantis Nonazo. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never played that it. That game's not <laughs> very good. That game's a... that game's notoriously shit. <laughs> is that the one where it like sinks in real time or something? No, Atlantis Nonazo is like this real bad. Oh my god, Jeez, you're just gonna uh, have to look it up. It's okay. real bad. I'm, I'm, al- different. I'm almost sure there was a Game Center CX about it, and then it was one of the earlier episodes. Yes, yes, that's how I know that because I saw that and I was like, that's a funny title, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. How the fuck do they do Chameleon Twist? <laughs> I had oh, Jesus. Too. Oh, woof. Man, like, and I see, like, oh, they did 
days before Christmas? Oh, Sunsoft, why? What? Like, literally, what happened to this company that was so far ahead of the curve in the 8-bit era that just, like, you'd think they would have made the jump naturally? Yeah, like, here's the the most jarring thing to me is looking at Batman Return of the Joker 1991 of December on NES and Revenge of the Joker 1991 on the Sega Mega Drive. Ooh. And that fucking game on Sega is a fucking barf pile. Yeah. It's awful. But Return of the Joker on NES isn't amazing. Like, it's not even really that good. The, no. the music's outstanding. Oh, the music's just mind-blowingly incredible. I appreciate, though, I'm looking on the Wikipedia page, Revenge of the Joker, known as Diane Might Batman in Japan. <laughs> so either, either someone fucked the spelling up, or that's hilarious. Diane Might Batman? Diane Might. Oh, oh fuck. fuck. That game. Uh, yeah, Polly, just... Polly doesn't like that game, because it's the second level. Oh, god. Fuck that goddamn <laughs> piece of shit whore. Stand on the left! <laughs> yeah, stand on the left, real fucking long, and oh, the fucking, like, bombs drop. Man, yeah, that sucks. Man, let's, okay, another hot take. <laughs> Fuck Batman Return of the Jury. That game fucking sucks. Game fucking stinks out loud. Sam stinks on ice. Euphoria was pretty good. Yeah, Euphoria's amazing. I love having Journey Rican. to Silius. And, uh, lem- people like Lemmings. Yeah, I don't like. Yeah. I mean that that wasn't them originally. No, that no, was that was a port. Oh, oh. Sorry. I think well, the then, guys yeah. who did Lemmings actually went on to do Grand Theft Auto. Yep. You're right. You're right. Design. Fuck Sunsoft. <laughs> Taking credit for Lemmings. <laughs> Fuck them. They deserved it. They deserved it. God damn yeah, it. They fucking shoot them down. Spy Hunter might have been good. Sounds good. It was all right. There's Super Spy Hunter, which is terrible. Good. It's yeah. it, it's. <laughs> It's an alright it's an alright game, but then like the later stages go on for eighteen thousand years. Waku Waku seven. I was a big fan. <laughs> Man, looking at this, maybe Sunsoft wasn't that great. <laughs> like I think we ended just... up getting the cream of the crop other than games like uh other than games Yo, like Gimmick. Gimmick. Yeah. Gimmick, did maybe get... Lagrange Point. Did we get Yogi Bear's Gold Rush? I think so. Probably. I hope not. You know, that'd be pretty great if a Yogi Bear game didn't come out in America. Yeah. (laughs) The ground point was Sunsoft? I believe so, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that game always looked really interesting. Mm. GamePro rated Yogi Bear's Gold Rush as an inoffensive but unimpressive Super Mario clone. (laughs) That's that's damning with the faintest of praise. (laughs) Cool, so, uh, um, you play anything else cool on your, uh, your, your uh, flashcard? I, I haven't even gotten a chance to play the NES one, so basically, I'm just gonna be excited to, like, look through and, like, get, get a whole shitload of games that I've never, I mean, I've played, like, through emulators and everything, but, like, games that I really want to play on a big-ass TV, mm-hmm. games that I'm not gonna waste the time actually buying, like, if I wanted to get, uh... Uh, you'd throw bells. <laughs> Actually, fuck yeah, we did play Plock, and oh, we yeah. liked it. We we liked it, but um, I I'm, I can't remember what I don't. Fuck, what is the name of that goddamn game? You play as a dragon, a kid, a mouse, and a golem. Um, it's like four hundred thousand dollars now, but it's on NES. 
God damn it. Why can I not think of the name? Oh, Legacy fuck. of the Wizard. Legacy no. of the Wizard, yeah. Isn't that it? No, it's... it's um, you, oh, Fuck. God damn it. You play as like a variety of weird characters in Legacy it's of the Wizard. It's not that game. I don't think There's it's no... those things. Yeah. Okay. Um... I'm, I'm opening oh, up my emulator full Little Nemo? Embarrassing. I'm sorry. Little Nemo? Oh. No, Little Nemo's, Little Nemo's very good, but it's not Little Nemo. Okay. Um, oh, man. Oh, man. I God, hate there's my... still so many fucking NES games to play. There so are. Many. There are too many. I, we should have gotten rid of so many of them. I think there are some <laughs> systems that are just kind of inexhaustible. Like, I think the NES and the Genesis and the Game Boy are kind of like that. Where it's it, like... You'll never... Yeah, you'll never be done with them. Yeah. Like, Honestly, probably the PS1 and the PS2. Little Samson! Jesus! Yeah, oh, that game! Yeah. <laughs> I like how everybody in the room is like, oh, duh. Like, of course, Little Samson. The well, classic. that didn't come out in America, did it? I think it did. It, it did, because... Maybe it was super late. Yes, it was, it was definitely... Because um, it, it, uh, Super Nintendo was out at the time, but it looks yeah. pretty sharp. Like, the fucking mon- the monster yeah. design... Yeah. Don't even get me started. Don't get him started. You know what happens <laughs> when you get him started. You gotta get he me stopped. Him. And you don't want to be the one to do that. Oh, here's a reasonably priced copy of Little Samson Sealed uh, for $30,000. Jesus Christ. That's not... <laughs> Little Samson, very rare. $1,200. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, this is what very... What savings of $28,000. Yeah, $900 Canadian, which I believe is $30,000. You really do the math on it. Yeah, yeah, conversion rates and all that. Yeah, Jesus, I can't go down this rabbit hole because I just said Dark <laughs> Duck is 50 and I'm like, fuck that. It's good, but I mean, 50 fucking dollars. No. Darkwing Hit Duck the... is not $50 good. What the, What game is $50 good? That's an important question our politicians question. should be asking. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like get 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 Congress back in session. Like they need to decide this. What's an NES game that's worth fifty dollars? Oh, that's ooh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Mario Three. I mean, just being boring here, but <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck yeah! Well, I hate it because like you're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong at all. Like I can't say like you're not gonna get you're not gonna get fifty dollars of enjoyment out of Super Mario Brothers Three because you you fucking will. That's a um, yeah, it's a damn lie. But that is also what? a game. But that is also a game everybody li- literally everybody on the planet has a copy <laughs> of even if they don't have an NES. Even if yeah, you don't, you don't know have it, to pay. You, one. you do not have to pay $50 lose... for Mario 3. No. No. And I guess that's that's where we kind of hit a wrinkle there. Uh DuckTales? Is that fair? That's kind of short though. That's like I, I that's was... 90 when yeah. people were paying ni- were paying 50 bucks for Mario 3. It was worth it. Yeah. yeah. Third, I, I uh, wouldn't that, uh, I wouldn't pay $50 for DuckTales, personally. No. I don't know why, but I was immediately going to say, well, what about Chippendale Rescue Rangers? As though that's, like, equivalent. <laughs> it's still basically the same game. Basically. Um, oh, fuck. Fuck. Fuck me running. Now that I think about it, I can't think of a fucking NES game I'd play $50. I'd pay 50 bucks for. That's... That's steep. I, I guess that's me just becoming an adult and realizing, oh, wait, this goes away when I spend it? Oh, fuck that, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, need to, I need to hoard all this. Like a fucking goblin monster. <sighs> oh, my okay. lord. Okay, fuck that, fuck that. Okay, better, let's fix that. PS1 game for 50 bucks. Uh... I 
Final Fantasy Seven. Oh, fuck <laughs> off with the Final F- fucking Lego figure monsters. <laughs> what? <laughs> like all the characters to me, I I looked at them when I oh. first played. I was like, they look like Lego. And yeah, I mean, that's seven. not fair. I was I was being a jerk. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I'm so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I think this is a rabbit hole we might end up staying in a bit too long if if I'm we sorry. if we continue down it. Uh, but is there anything else about the flashcards and stuff you'd want to talk about before we hop on over to someone else? No, I think I think that's about it because I I'll, I'll just keep getting excited about iguanas. <laughs> and, to be honest, hey, to be iguanas honest, are real rad. Oh, yeah, fuck. Put some just, sunglasses on them. They just, just they're crazy. terrible making video games. Yeah, and that's not their fault. They have little claws. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, I apologize for the previous derailment. I just had $50 burning a hole in my pocket. I'm like, what game would you spend $50 on? Like, because I'm feverishly eBaying. <laughs> no, um, I... Mr. I've... Gimmick. Mr. Gimmick, oh, there you go. Okay, that's the answer. That's that's the answer. It's been decided. Court's adjourned. Because um, you're right. Mr. Gimmick's... Who you want to throw it to, Mr. Karazu? Oh, golly gosh, and jeepers. Uh... Rat! Rat! Okay, hey. How's it going, Rat? Oh, it's been going. How, how's your penis doing? Oh, for fuck's sake. Still broken? <laughs> no. Why? It it's not broken. You're You're thinking of somebody else. <laughs> Look, it works just fine. I tested it out earlier. All right. Good to go. <laughs> what you been up to, Rhett? Oh, uh, it's been a while since we did one of these. Yeah, yeah. I had to about your penis? <laughs> <laughs> we just asked about your penis. It hasn't been that long. <laughs> yeah, you tested it out. My ass is doing fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> For not asking. Rude. Hey, John. Yeah? <laughs> Why is that so funny? I just, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were saying, like, you were done. You were just done and you were tossing it off. Because no, 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 no. People I'm, were bothering you to... about your penis. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought your penis was bothering you. This is what you did, Polly. <laughs> I didn't do a thing. Blame your penis or God. <laughs> Blame the God of penises. <laughs> like dicks. We have fun. We, we have fun. We have fun. Hey, Rhett, what have you been doing? Hey, John, did you see that Rogue One movie? <laughs> yeah, I did. What do you think of it? I thought it was fine, which is exactly what I was kind of expecting. Yeah. So I just want to mention one thing about Rogue One real quick, is mm-hmm. that the movie itself is fine until oh. it has, like, the biggest space action battle at the very end of it. And it's just, it's real good. It's real over-the-top and fun. It's, it's insane. It's, like, bigger than the battle at the end of Return of the Jedi. And it made me tear up. I was so happy. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, like... <laughs> It's very rat. It's very good. Yeah, it's very me. Like, you mm. know how I just go ridiculously big over the top? Like, you look at the stuff like the big space battles and hunters and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This movie was so my jam for the last, like, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then the first hour was kind of... Mm. So basically just like the Godzilla movie? 
Yeah. And then everyone was like, oh, yay, Rogue One. And I was like, yeah, but you saw the movie that this guy made, right? Right? Yeah. And everyone was like, no, Godzilla's great. And I'm just... You're like, what? Wait, what? What? On what planet again? Brian, they like have they introduce Brian Cranston as the main character, and then like characterize him and give him a bunch of motivation and backstory, and then they kill him off a third into the movie. That's real dumb. And then they spend the rest of the movie with generic white guy soldier. You see, no, like, you're thinking of Jurassic World. No, I'm also thinking of Godzilla. See, like, no, when you're, you're also thinking bad of movie, movie, y'all. When you <sighs> when you have Brian Cranston in your movie, the you don't kill him off in the first third. You use him. I, Especially for I, no reason. To me, that stinks so much of like, look, we have Brian Cranston for three days. We know that we have him for three <laughs> days, and we know we're not going to get much out of him. Right. So let's d- make the most out of what we can have him in the movie, and then kill him. Because look, we we're, we have Godzilla money, but we don't have Godzilla and Brian Cranston money. Right. Right. So, uh, Brett. Well, that, w- that was perfect timing for me to drop and come back. Yeah, it was perfect. So you guys talked about Godzilla for a bit, and I heard, like, bleh, bleh, and then, like, it drops again. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Penis. Penis. Yep. There you go. That's, all, that's all we were saying Yeah, the, we were gone. Hey, the chat message I sent a minute ago just went through. Hey, there you go. <laughs> not bad, not bad. So, so Rogue so, One, I, I, big battle. Yeah, I was just quick to rail there. Right, uh, right. I played some video games, too. What'd you do that for? What I, I tell you, what'd I tell you about that? I know I play too many video games. You do. You've never said that. You keep, You've never said you keep that. Keep doing that, you're going to go blind. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of giant robot battles and stuff, I played Transformers Devastation. I hear Why? that game's pretty oh. alright. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Some mixed opinions wow. from Cena <laughs> Gallery here. I'm sorry, I, I haven't played this. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is the second of the platinum-developed, like crossover things with Activision mm-hmm. where they kind of got licensed IPs. The first one was Core, which was okay. This one's a lot better. Mm. And then the third one they did was trans- or was TMNT, and that's which was hot garbage. And it's delisted not even six months later. Jeez. That's, they that's just, rough. They must have just shoved it out because the license was expiring. Yeah. So Act- Activision wouldn't do something like that. Yeah, Tony, th- they would. Tony never. Hawk Five. Never. <laughs> oh, God, did that get delisted? I wouldn't even be surprised. Oh, I watched Griffin's video on that. Holy shit! Yeah, it's <laughs> that movie's special. Movie. That movie Wait. is game is special. That game is yeah. special. <laughs> man, you know. Tony Hawk 5 was really a bad movie, but man, that plot twist at the end when Bam Margera had cancer really brought a tear to my eye. Just boom, yeah. And then it just crashed and stopped playing for some reason. <laughs> yeah, the movie just stopped. Yeah. yeah, the part where he broke his neck a minute in and clipped to the floor. That was just a close-up of his broken thing, broken body as it like glitched out <laughs> for like an hour and a half. Well, then Superman it was a pretty started. weird movie. And then the other figure really brought it all together. Mm. So how is so Transformers tra- so Devastation? Um, it's like, so I have like literally no nostalgia for the old Transformers cartoon, but it's this whole game, this whole game is just a big love letter to that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of tell because this feels like playing a toy commercial. <laughs> oh, weird. In, you like, don't the say. Best, 
in the best way possible, though, where it's just like, oh, this is so shameless, but, like, it's a nostalgia thing, so it's okay. <laughs> because, like, in one level, you'll have, like, the five enemies you're fighting are the Constructo bots, like, these green and purple-themed, like, construction transformer guys. Yeah. And at the end of the level, they all combine into this one big Megazord, and you fight that, and it's just, it's real cheesy and over-the-top. Mm-hmm. And then you're fighting, like, the bug versions or whatever. Insecticons. Yeah, Insecticons and stuff. And then, you know, you got Soundwave and Megatron, and Megatron turns into a tank and you punch him and stuff. But gameplay-wise, it's kind of like they took Metal Gear Rising. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. And, <laughs> My ears are burning. And I, and I think this actually does have the same director as that game, and the director of Korra and TMNT was a different guy. Mm. So this is kind of like a semi-follow-up to Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. And okay. they took that and made it way simpler. Oh, that's that. I mean, that game definitely could be a lot of fun if you made it a little yeah. simpler too, a little more accessible. Like this gets real close to being like a two-button game. Nice, because it's like X to light attack, Y to heavy attack. So who does that? And yeah. then all of like your transforming, your dodging, your specials are all on like the left or the right bumper. Mm-hmm. Cool. So it's just very simple. Like when an enemy attacks, you just right bumper to dodge them and then like even your counters will be with that button as well wow so so it gets a little mashy i think mm-hmm. because it's just xxxx oh they're attacking dodge and then go back to attacking so, so is, it bas- is it basically kind of like a um a god of war like devil may cry kind of game kind of like it's step it's definitely simpler than those like the combos are very pared down compared to what devil may cry would have for like sure maybe maybe dark siders then Yes. Okay. I haven't played a ton of God of War, but this would kind of be in that area, but it's more focused on like one-on-one boss fights. Mm-hmm. Like there are okay. there are some big areas with enemies, but like the big meat pieces. <laughs> what, the, the big the meat term. pieces. <laughs> Those big old meat pieces. Yeah. <laughs> the meat of the game are like the big boss fights that are quite challenging. Like I was playing it on like the normal difficulty. I didn't go for baby casual mode or whatever. Mm. And yeah, some of these bosses kicked my ass because it gets pretty damn fast. And like, yeah, like everything I've seen of this game, like it yeah. looks incredibly fast. That's yeah. really cool. I think like it's weird though because it gets so kind of stripped down in mechanics compared to, you know, Devil May Cry especially or even Rising mm-hmm. that it almost feels like Fury. Oh, like cool. The, the timing of the parry or the dodge is very similar to how that works. Just this real kind of tight yeah. thing. You kind of watch like you for see a them cue attack, and just yeah, you watch for the cue and then dodge a second later. Yeah. And so when you do a dodge properly, it goes into like slow motion, which I think is a bayonetta thing. Yeah. But I haven't played those, so I wasn't sure. So yeah, it's a. I'd say the game's above average. I guess it was. It was definitely better than Core, even if it actually probably a shallower game in terms Mm -hmm. of attacks and stuff and then the last boss fight is just fucking ridiculous how so so at first you first you you fight megatron in like the this nuked out city Mm -hmm. and he's really hard and then he's like oh i've lost just kidding and he like fires a laser up into space and flies into space so the last fight is Optimus versus Megatron in space, just <laughs> punching the shit out of each other. So basically, like, 
between Rogue One and Transformers yeah. Devastation, you kind of had, like, the biggest space boner for, like, the last two weeks. Yeah, it was pretty great. I'm like, oh, this is such a good final boss. Because it's not trying to be hard at that part. It's just trying to be cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, there there are some bullshit boss fights, though. So there's the big Constructicon boss, which is, like, five dudes combined into one. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like fighting the Metal Gear at the fight of start of Rising. Mm-hmm. So there's another huge boss fight like that where it's just like a very large thing. I forget what it was. I think it's one of the Dinotrons combined or some shit like that. <laughs> there's a boss fight right at the end of the game where you have to fight both the huge ones at the same time. Uh, I can see that. And I can see that being real sloppy. fucking bullshit because it's just like they're both attacking so you dodge one and then the other one just hits you from off screen. Uh... So Yeah, so there's definitely some rough points in this game where it's just like, oh, this just seems completely unfair. I'm like, oh, there was well, you one threw po- that in there because you needed to add another 10 minutes to the game, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> probably took me longer than 10 minutes. So it's just like, the game's actually good about checkpointing during bosses, though. Oh, that's good. So like, so like that in that fight, you fight one of them down to half health, and then the other one shows up, and then the checkpoint's right there, oh. so you can finish the one with half health off, and then win and stuff. That's good. But yeah, it's it's a neat game. I, I'd recommend it overall. Cool. It's just like like a good platinum stuff. It seems like yeah, it, it it's good platinum. It's not bad platinum because we found out there's definitely a bad platinum. Yeah, there's like Team A that does Bayonetta, the wonderful 101, yeah. all the all the good stuff, and then there's the B team that they've yeah. got Korra, they've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, no guarantee they had no budget for Ninja Turtles because <laughs> they were just shoving that shit out before at the end that of the year. That game, just man, just looking at videos of it was just like. It hurt to watch. It was that Especially bad. because that was the one after Transformers. Like, if you yeah. looked at the directory, you're like, oh, they, they found their niche with Transformers. Like, Korra was a little rough, but... And then that ended up being the worst one by far. Mm. They had, like, three months to, to shit something out. I was like, well, well, we'll take it. I saw somebody make a joke online. They said, hey, you know, it's pretty good for seven days of work. <laughs> see old my it's the old mighty number nine uh ben judd oh, thing of, hey it's, it's better than nothing <laughs> yeah fucking four million dollars thanks <laughs> better than nothing yeah real, oh real god f- could you imagine if platinum crowdfunded something and it turned out like that oh my god so before I throw it off, speaking of Platinum, did you play that Nier? Is it Nier? Nier. Nier demo. Automata. Not yet. I downloaded it. Dude. Mm, that looks good. demo That demo is real fucking good. Yeah. It's real it good. is like it is like Platinum on the top of their game with Square Enix's budget. Yeah. So it's and Yoko re- Taro. It's so good. This is just I don't think I've paradise. ever played anything by him, but this had a real cool mood to it. And I really mm-hmm. like how the camera angle keeps changing. Yeah. Cause some people were like, Oh, I hate the camera angle stuff. I hate the bullet hell stuff. I'm like, that's the cool part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's that stuff works. And the, and the bullet hell stuff isn't even that bad. It's I mean, real simple, slow moving yeah. stuff. I do wonder if this is how the game starts. <sighs> mm-hmm. And then just ramps up from there. Yeah. Because I think they are trying to make it more of an RPG where yeah. you can get through it if you're not super adapted uh-huh. action games. Yeah, yeah. 
But then I saw people doing like combo videos of just what's in the demo. It's like, whoa, there is definitely some depth here. Yeah, there's a lot of depth to like that character's move set that is just real fucking surprising when you start playing around with it. Yeah, that seems very, very promising. Mm -hmm. That game's going to be the shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I said the same thing about Mighty Number no. Nine. <laughs> well, oh. well, we got to play this, so yeah, yeah, yeah we, we got to play Near Automata, and we can we can say it's it's real good. Just the fucking just... confidence of like, here, have a demo just a couple months months before yeah. it comes out. It's we already know it kicks ass. So yeah, yeah, oh. this is the best way we can sell it to yeah. you is just have you play a bit of it. That that's that's the ballsiest fucking strat. I love that. Yep. Yeah. You think... You're not sure about our game, huh? Try playing it, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Then you'll buy it. You know, how crazy is that, that, like, a demo is, like, the hardest idea to fathom these days? Especially when you look back at, like, the Mighty Number 9 stuff and, like, maybe they could have quelled a lot of that shit if they would have done some demos and gotten a little feedback. Yeah, they didn't put that fucking feminist in charge. Yeah, that's what ruined ruined the whole thing. That's an opinion that people can have now. You know what I think it is? Like, in general, they've done tests and demos lower sales because people Weird. get their fix. Yeah, that can be That's true as well. Hot. Didn't and, they release and, a demo of Doom? But that was, like, two months or so after it came out. Mm-hmm. Oh. And and there was a limited-time demo. It's gone now. Yep. Oh, gotcha. I, you know, I, I think I figured out the problem. Uh, human beings are stupid apes. Yeah. That want a quick fix, and then they're like, oh, well, I'm done now, because we're all biological monstrosities. <laughs> Another funny thing about the Doom demo is that I think it helped them crack that DRM around yeah. that game. Yeah. Because they would spoof the real game into being like, oh, I'm the demo version, and the servers would be like, oh, okay. Yep. So that's Whoops. why we don't get demos anymore. My favorite are, like, back in the day when, like, they would do demos, but, like, the demos would have the full game included. Oh, God. And, you know, sure because they forgot to take out the data. <laughs> and so it was real fucking easy to unlock the demo. It was like, guys, what are you thinking? You think people aren't going to be smart enough to figure that out? Yeah, they were hoping. that They forgot that their audience is a bunch of dorks. Yeah, like, <laughs> come on, guys. You guys make these things. These things are real complicated to make. You got people smarter than you actually playing them. What do you think's gonna happen? The the one that I heard about was um, Crash Bash. I think you could unlock a demo of that in like Spyro the Dragon Three or something. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like it was really easy. Like if you put in a code, like a password, yeah. you could unlock. The fucking full game game. in the goddamn demo out of another game, which is crazy. That's That's... goddamn insane. Like if you're if you if you have to make a demo and that demo needs to include all of the data from your full game, maybe don't release a demo. Yeah, perhaps you don't know what you're doing. Yes, that's possible. That's just so crazy. I don't know. I don't know anything about programming a game, but I feel like I would know enough to not be like, well, okay, we... How, and by the way, how the fuck 
can what like a PS One game? How the fuck does that have enough room for two entire games? Like, what are what is the government not telling us? <laughs> that's that's all I'm that's all I'm saying. Thank you, Senator. Back in the day, a CD could hold two games for six hundred megs. Now you get these fucking demos that are like four gigs, four gigs, gigs. yeah, a demo. Or if it's Doom, Jesus Christ, Doom is like, oh, I updated the multiplayer, forty gigs, please. Oh, <sighs> Jesus, Wolf and Christ. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah. One other hey. quick thing about demos is that right after the Nier demo came out, a Gravity Rush two demo came out. And boy, did it not get... It got... It was not a favorable comparison coming no. right after the Nier demo. It uh, it had its lunch eaten, so to speak. Yeah. By, uh... Especially when that Nier demo is just beautiful 60 FPS yeah. smooth. Yeah, it's and the gorgeous. frame rate in the Gravity Rush 2 demo is not great. No. Mm. And I'm like, oh, this game seems really fun, but man, bad timing. Yeah. Mm. Guys just got pooped on all yeah. over by an android. And then even better is that that demo comes out and I'm like, oh, if the first game's on sale right now. I'll go pick it up. And then the sale had just ended. <laughs> nice timing. Way to synergize, people. Oh, fuck sales. Oh, sales are the best. <laughs> I hate sales. I want to pay full money. <laughs> <laughs> You're the exact opposite of Rhett, who wants to pay... <laughs> Almost no money for a $2 game. <laughs> Just keep waiting. It'll it'll get cheaper. It did. It did! And then he bought it and became the most trash bag human being on the planet. Did we, wait, didn't John do something this week that made him even worse? John wishlisted free oh. games! Games Ew. that are free! He put Ew. on his wishlist. He's, he's more of a trash person than Rhett now. I don't even understand that one. There, there are well, I, places we put that. people like, like, like you. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I remember to download it later. I, I, let me link my uh, Amazon wish list. It has oxygen on it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rhett. Yeah? Just playing it to me next, because i got to think to follow up Rogue One. Okay, John, what have you been up to? Um, I saw Arrival a month ago. Oh. Or so. Um, didn't you see that? And they'd be like, it was okay. It was okay. It I, was it, okay. It did not click with me the way it obviously did for you. Okay, okay. Because, 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 what the fuck, even. Arrival was by far the best movie I saw in theaters all year. Hmm. Um, I really, really, really liked Arrival, and everyone should go see it. And when it comes out on DVD and whatnot, you should check it out. Well, what is Arrival? All right. Arrival is a movie about um, aliens arrive on Earth. That in, makes like, sense, given that it's called a, Arrival. Huh. <laughs> and, a big, and a bunch of big old spaceships. Mm-hmm. And governments lock them down. And the main character is a linguistic, linguist um, who they bring in to help study the alien's language, mm-hmm. basically. Um, oh, this is a Independence Day resurgence. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, and so they go into the spaceship, like, after a bunch of build-up, they go into the spaceship, and the main thrust of the movie is this linguist lady learning to communicate with the aliens. Um, and then it goes in a different, in another direction 
that makes perfect sense, and it's really beautiful. Vor! And I spent, like, 20 minutes straight crying through the end of the movie. <laughs> Jeez. So, Vor. No, it doesn't. It's not Vor. <laughs> well, uh, well who, who cares? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to jerk off in the theater unless aliens are <laughs> eating people. <laughs> there's some time there's some time manipulation mechanic stuff time esque mechanics that are used really beautifully um basically it was the most Kurt Vonnegut movie I've ever seen so like slaughterhouse five cat's cradle sirens of Titan stuff yeah yeah um it's very slaughterhouse five it's very Kurt Vonnegut um and it's just as warm and empathetic as he, and human as his books, which I really adore. Um, it's just a really, really smart movie and its message is really beautiful and optimistic and it was just what I needed when I saw it. Um. Aww. Little John has feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna, I've got a bunch of other 2016 movies I need to catch up on since, um, but yeah, Arrival was the one that was like, I kept wanting to go see it for like three weeks in theaters and we kept like having our plan stop for something like we'd be on the road and then be like, oh, wait, we need to go do this thing. Mm-hmm. We can't see the movie right now. And then we finally went and saw it and then we both cried through the whole last the whole climax. It's really the whole movie, the entire movie. You're crying. <laughs> oh, man. No, you definitely no won't. it sneaks up on you. It's like, oh, this is so cool. This is so fun to watch. This is so smart. And then I oh, do remember there's feelings. a point towards the end where you go. Oh, oh yep. my God! <laughs> yep, and then and then from there it's just feelings, yeah. <laughs> just through the rest of the movie. Um, <clears throat> basically, it's just the idea that if you could know your future, um, and you knew something bad was going to happen, would you? How would that affect your relationships and your life with folks? Like if you knew something was gonna bad was gonna happen to someone, how would that affect your relationship with them? Eh, let it happen. It, so know. it's yeah, it's very ooh, like positive, happy, sad, gut punch, joy, movie. All the all the the, the feelings you want to, out of a feel good piece. Yeah. Just complicated warmth. Um. And one thing I just kind of wanted to burn through quickly, and then I'll throw it off. Mm-hmm. Um, I played a bunch of Super Mario Run since our last meaty podcast. <clears throat> yeah. I was so on board for that game. Right? Right. I remember you being, like, all over the Twitter box. Like, man, this is the greatest game ever made. This is going to be, this is going <laughs> to kick, like, before it came out. Of course this is going to kick ass. It's Nintendo making a runner game. They are going to kick it out of the park. Because runner games are awesome. What could possibly um, go wrong? Yeah. Running, that's one of those things that Mario does. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's the first new Mario game, new 2D Mario game since 2006, basically. Mm-hmm. Because there's New Super Mario Brothers, and then there's a bunch of expansion packs for New Super Mario Brothers. Right. Um, and then this is the first one that actually plays differently, mm-hmm. you know? And it plays great. It's fun to play. I enjoy it. I enjoy the quick levels runners make good automatically moving forward in mario makes a lot of sense because mario's kind of 
usually at its best when you kind of have a constant momentum. That's going. what I like. I, I, people like don't get it. Like when they play Mario with me, but it's just like dog. I never let go of that run button. Like I'm yeah. always just going. Yeah, you wanna just go. Yeah, uh, and you'll see that when you're playing a Mario game and it's bad and it's boring you, it's usually like. You're waiting for platforms. You're waiting for things like there's a bunch of waiting in Super Mario Sunshine. There's a bunch of long. Yeah. Everything is extended. Um, there's a lot of waiting in Galaxy. There's a lot of cutscenes in Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is just move. You're moving, and I really appreciate that. Right. And it right. plays. It plays really nice. Um, but wow, when you make a Mario game that has no like climax or theming to any of its levels oh really or any like any different art that's not just ripped from the new super mario brothers games yeah um you get something that feels kind of limp because that's all it is it is 24 levels that are individually pretty solid mm-hmm. uh, and there's a final boss level that's just kind of an extended boss fight thing that's pretty cool it's fine <laughs> but it doesn't feel but like at least, at least there's something yeah there's a final boss kind Imagine of if it just ended with a regular <laughs> level and it's just like the end yep, you're done thanks for the, the 10 bucks falls out of the sky yeah there's there's like the barest hint of them like making a stab making a climax but really it's just here are 24 yeah. levels we put together there's no theming There's to the worlds. There's no theming, really. There's no build-up, and it has no visual identity um, or musical identity that wasn't just cribbed straight from New Super Mario Brothers. Wah! 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 I don't, I don't think it has the waz. I think they took the waz out. Um, like, but that was everybody's favorite part. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody's favorite part. There's a bunch of dumb things about it too, like how like hidden coins work and the weird toad town building. Side yeah, quest. like the toad stuff just seems so bolted on and like a oh, bad, okay. a bad take on stuff that like other phone games do, but yeah. they've been doing it longer. Mm-hmm. So... But like those games are driven by microtransactions, and this one isn't. This is a fully so... paid game that yeah, this this kind of gating and shit doesn't really work. Yeah, there's no reason to pad it out. Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't really make sense. Um, I quit about halfway through collecting the second set of three coins, or uh, the second set of coins. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, you know how there's coins, big coins to collect in all the new Super Mario Brothers levels and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And then there's this like... game has three sets of big of coins for each level, it's got so like that you have red, to... purple, and black. I think. Yeah. Um, and it's cool. I like how you can the paths and the levels branch. Yeah. Um, and because it's automatically moving right, you can't just like explore. You just have to keep moving right and let the level branch and have a different experience at the level each time. Mm. Um, and the levels are short and crunchy. Um, if you run out of lives, you just you respawn right where you die. But then if you run out of lives, you just have to restart the whole level. Mm. Um, so everything about it is pretty solid, but. But then it's like flaccid and floppy and yeah, not good. Like all of the all of the old like NES, Game Boy, Super Nintendo, N sixty four, even Mario games, or really just all the way up through New Super Bar- before New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Mm-hmm. 
um, and I guess Galaxy 2, they all had their own style and identity and story that they were telling. Yeah, and yeah. play a Mario 2 song, and it's going to sound like Mario 2. It doesn't sound like Mario 1. It doesn't sound like Mario 3. 3 and world. Like, everything's got yeah. its own very unique sense of, like, everything. Yeah, actually, the, the way they actually, all play is completely different. Like, Land plays... Like, think of how completely different Super Mario Land sounds, looks, and plays compared with the any of the NES games. Yeah. And any of the NES games with each other are pretty much just as distinct. Yep. Yeah, they've um, gotten even, insanely lazy with the new style going on 10 yeah. years now. Like, come yeah. on. And it just kills it. Like, Super Mario... Like this is at least the it's an it is at least a sequel. It is a new game because it at least plays differently. Yeah, it's a new story. Because um, that's all Super Mario Brothers Lost Level was was that it looked the same, it sounded the same, it played the same, but the entire approach and methodology behind the level design was shifted. Yeah, and it created a completely new experience. Mm-hmm. But even then, like, wasn't it back then? That was one of the big reasons they didn't even want to port over Mario Two, other than it being balls out hard. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm kind of perplexed. Then, like, the whole mentality really shifted. It's like, well, we don't want to make a Mario game too similar because people kind of were pissed about that. So uh-huh. let's totally change things around with Mario Three. Well, now it's just like they're resting on their laurels. Like, yeah, let's just keep making Mario. Kind of basically the same thing. Yeah, 10-year-olds have never seen a Mario, a 2D Mario, <laughs> unless they buy the older ones, or play Mario Maker. Um, that's not New Super Mario Brothers style, right? Right. That's, Every new that's 2D crazy. Mario That really is been, crazy. Like, think of how many Mario games you played by the time you were 10. <laughs> yeah. I had World, I had Yoshi's Island, I had Land. Mario's, Mario's Missing. I played, I played oh, All-Stars at a friend's house. I played Mario 64 at a friend's house. <laughs> All of those were pretty contemporary. Not you so played Galaxy Two before you were ten. <laughs> no, I did not play Galaxy Two before I was ten. I'm still waiting um, to turn ten. That's yeah, what you. That's what you 12. keep telling the police, but I don't think they're buying it, dude. <laughs> no, they don't. They're like, well, a ten-year-old can't carry that much cocaine. <laughs> and I can't be a, a pedophile. I'm ten. <laughs> this, is a, this is a great running gag. God damn. <laughs> How many times do you think that sentence has been said? I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't be a pedophile. I'm ten. <laughs> Sir, you're the... <laughs> At least twice now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, I'm mad about Mario and pedophiles. Now. Damn it. It's like the worst evening and the worst two things to be mad about. <laughs> No, I I think that the Mario Maker, like the level design of Mario Maker, like that really made a made a big point to me, is that yeah. you have classic Mario, Mario Three, Mario World, and then Mario uh, the new Mario. And the first one was fine. Like Polly replayed it recently. Yeah, I really still like the first new Super Mario Brothers. It's real good. And there's there's nothing. It's an old story. And there's nothing wrong with it, but then it's just like, but you'll notice it's like from NES to NES. So it's, you know, maybe like four or five years even in between, not too much. And then to Super Nintendo, which, you know, two or three years. And then jump forward for New Super Mario Brothers. And then from there, which is like 2006, 
to about ten, a year, like a decade, and it's like, well, we're haven't really still... done a whole lot of no innovating, huh? Yeah, we're still there. It's like with this, huh? We're not really gonna fix this. Yeah. When they were making the NES games, they were making different stories, and they were trying to express different things. So everything needed to change. So they built everything to the ground up to suit the new vision. Mm -hmm. With these new games, they're not altering the vision. They're not trying to tell new stories. They're just making quote unquote a Mario game. Yeah. And Instead that's literally like, like that's literally make... the worst thing you can do because a fucking Mario game is a mold breaker. Yes. Yeah. Mario is special. Even like yeah. Mega Man. Yeah, like I'm even thinking like their their approach was pretty unusual. Nintendo's because you had stuff you had stuff like Mega Man where they would iterate on the same thing to until it just kind of stopped being effective, stopped being a new story. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, Nintendo it's, it's did real... not rest on their laurels back then. Mm-hmm. Zelda two, like yeah, like Zelda two, like just like the crazy, like like the weird swings they would take between games. Operator and... time, then Majora's Mask. Yeah, I feel that was done out of necessity though. <laughs> yeah, but Majora, but then Mario, there's no like Mario sixty four two. No, Maybe there's not. And there was Mario Sunshine, which is. Another swing in a huge direction. Which is a swing in a huge direction and largely <laughs> a miss. Um, but then Yoshi's, Mar- Yoshi's Island. Yoshi's Island. It's totally its own thing. Totally its own thing. The Super Mario Galaxy games just kind of blew my mind the first time I saw what they were doing. And then when I played it and was like, holy shit, this is actually playable too? How did, yeah, you, how did you make this playable? This should not be playable. With the spheres, yeah. The fucking... The fucking Wii controller, like when I saw that, I was I was baffled. I was like, "That that's that's a that's a baby toy. You can't play with that." <laughs> then you can. And you're like, "What the fuck? What's going on I'm here?" I'm, I'm sorry. I become from New York when I'm perplexed by things. <laughs> I've noticed. I've noticed. It's a problem. It's dual it citizenship. Yo, what's up? What have you been playing lately? What have I been doing? Uh, yeah. You guys remember how we had Boner on, like, a year ago, mm-hmm. and he talked about one series of games for, like, nine hours, and we were like, yeah, dude, we got it, yeah, dude, we got it, come on, <laughs> just get it over with. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, but I can't remember what series it was. Yeah, so, um, well, it was, uh, there was, uh, it was way forward games, it was, uh, Shanty Games. Shanty? Oh. oh Shanty Shanty Towns, yes. Shanty Town, yeah. That's what you, that's where you get alcohol when um uh those darn women outlaw it. Yeah, that thing. Uh yeah. Um so <laughs> recent like you might have heard like oh, towards the end of last year, like Twitter kinda blew up when um uh, there was a new Shantae game uh that released. Uh I'll, I'll be talking about that later. But that was kind of like what everyone was doing at the end of the year, and just like it got everybody... crazy. Like, yeah, it was like wow. Like, wh- when were people ever excited about a new Shantae game? <laughs> it's weird because it's extending to all of them now because of the Steam sale. Like everyone is playing Pirates Curse right now. I yes. just played it too. Hey, I'll guess what? Guess it. what I did, Rhett? I, yeah. play- I played Shantae and the Pirates Curse. <laughs> that was one of Boner's top three games. It was. You know what? Shantae and the Pirate's Curse is real fucking good. It really is. Like, I'm... I'm like, 
Okay, like, I'll, I'll give you my take on the Shantae games prior to playing Pirate's Curse or Half G Hero. They're garbage! <laughs> I, like, I hated that Game Boy Color game. The only reason people like that game, hot take, is because it looks good. That's the only reason people like it. Like, I got that game when it came out because everyone wouldn't shut up about it. And I was like, like, what? This game plays awful. Like, the character sprites are too big. You oh, but they're so good and emotive. She dances. Yeah, she dances. Yeah, she wiggles her butt when she leans over. <laughs> game of the year. Yeah, like I don't get what people love about that game so much. Jerking like, off. Jerking off. That's basically all it can be. With um, the game of each other. Yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> times were tough. It was 2001. Times were t- it was It was 9-11. Yeah, there you go. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, um, uh, I I was I was never really all that hot on um, uh, the the second one, uh, Risky's Revenge. It kind of just plays. That's the only one I tried. It plays largely like that Game Boy Color game, and it still has a lot of the same feel problems of that game, where, like, everything just feels weird and slow and not fun to interface with. Yeah, Yeah, I played that one a couple years ago, and it's just kind of mediocre. Yeah. Uh And then there's that mechanic where you can jump into the background in a few areas, and they drop right at the start. And they damn they did a good job dropping that mechanic at the start because it's real confusing and they don't do enough to yeah. really differentiate between the layers and it just but gets... it's so weird that like that seems like the main gimmick of the game for the first two areas and then it never shows up again yeah yeah they, they like they even have their entire world map designed around it around that being the idea yeah. and then there's like this entire largest portion of the game that does not have that front to back idea it's so weird they just said, oh, fuck it. Yeah. Lazy. So Shantae and the Pirate's Curse, big old, big old, big old step in the right direction. In fact, massive a massive step. leap. A massive leap in the right direction. And, um, a charged leap with a cannon firing underneath to go maximum yes! distance. Yes! So, what makes this game quite a bit different than the others is that, like, for the first two games, you get animal transformations from the dances, and those are how you, you know, puzzle your way around yeah. the levels. And, like, there's some decent ideas in there, um, and but I just never really felt like mm-hmm. they were all that great, again, because, you know, so Pirate's Curse says, okay, well, f- fucking hell with all that. Everybody likes Risky Boots, so... How about we put Shantae and Risky together, have them interacting a whole lot and it being real cute and adorable, and also give Shantae a whole new set of abilities that are way more fun to interact with. How about yes. that? Like the Float hat. The floating hat is so good. The fucking <laughs> like you get the charge run that's like a speed booster kind of thing. And it feels so good to just keep mowing enemies down from screen to screen yeah. to screen. And you see your damage number getting bigger every time. <laughs> it's such a dumb thing. Yeah, the um, damage number is real funny 
the other thing, great thing about that is that when you jump, you're still invincible, so you can just fucking fly through those opening areas once you get that. That was such a smart move, because they could have really yeah. fucked that up had they not just let you stay invincible uh, while yeah. jumping. Because it would have just been so... It would have felt bad if you, like, jump and then whack into an enemy and fall flat on your ass. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I've only played a little bit of it, but from everything I've played, it's really fucking fun. And I think there's a giant squid man who's very upset oh. that he's a, re- he's a reused asset. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's so good. The squid baron is always uh, a, a delight, I think. I, I always really like the squid baron because he's always kind of been like that. The throwaway boss monster that will be in every game. His boss fight is so meta. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> he's just like... I see how many items you have. 50%. It's time for a mid-boss. <laughs> and I'm here. <laughs> oh. oh my god. But, um, but you know, you get the hat to float long distances. That feels good. Like the speed dash, of course. The um, but, but, like, the best one of them all is, quite obviously, the fucking triple cannonball. Where you jump... And then you fire a cannonball downward to throw to, to to jump again, but then you can do it two more times. You know, a lot of games double jump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's 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 flip the script. Triple jump. Boom. Game game of the year. Game changer. Oh, it's a quadruple jump. It's a though, quadruple jump because you, yeah, you get holy yeah fuck you jump shut it down yeah you jump and you get three cannonball shots on top of that jump and then what feels even better what feels even crazier is like just throwing all of those abilities together like getting a, a a charge run going speeding through a bunch of shit making a jump firing a cannon floating down with your hat firing another cannon floating down further firing your third cannon and then making like this long ass float to the bottom yeah like 15 screens from where you started i i know that every single time i got a new upgrade there's a giant fucking gap on the map yeah every time i got a new upgrade i was like let me tri- maybe i have enough distance. i got it like, i'm so stupid because like i don't know how this fucking game managed to trick me to be like no no you got it this time it's definitely <laughs> not it's definitely not saying yeah come back here when you have all the the abilities stupid yeah it's no i'll do it this time because i'm better than this game i bet I'm, i know what one you're talking about too because oh, i did i did it, it a couple of times myself is it the mayor yeah I yeah i was like there's probably not anything over there it goes real far yeah there's... and then when i <laughs> And then you get over there, and it's like, oh, okay. Of course there's something course over there. here. There has to be something They there. expect there's... you to do that. Yes. That was pretty great. Uh, another thing I really liked about this game is that, like, the dungeons are just really slick and well put together. Like, they're small. Cool. They're, like, they're much like uh, my commentary on Momodora, Reverie Under the Moonlight, where they don't waste any of the map at all to just make it feel bigger. Like, they're definitely smaller dungeons, but every room counts. Every room has, like, you know, either a fun, interesting way of, like, fighting through the enemies, or it's a setup for, like, a much longer uh, trick of, like, you know, having to, like, jump, bring out your hat, and float upward because of air currents and shit, uh, which is really cool. Yeah, that dungeon in particular, I think, was my favorite, because it kind of had that Zelda central theme of having 
the dungeon change once you get the item and yeah. you turn on the fan. Yeah. That was real cool. It didn't get a lot of use out of the gun, I don't think. Yeah, the gun... Is that the first thing you get? That's the first thing you get, and it's a bit underwhelming, because it doesn't really yeah. do any damage, and... Like, it's I upgraded... I upgraded yeah, it, and I, you only get, like, four damage out of it. It's like, what? I think you get five at the end. Oh, do you? Like, it got good enough for mm. hot shots. Yeah. But, but yeah, um, the gun doesn't synergize with anything else, so... No, like, everything else is... Yeah, everything else about the moveset you get with all of the risky upgrades... Mm-hmm. Um, they make a lot of sense because they synergize well, except for the gun, unfortunately, which is weird. I also appreciate that they managed to find, like, is it five or six upgrades? Uh, I don't remember uh, off the top of my head. Uh, it, it, it fucking doesn't matter. It, um, But I like that they have, they managed to come up with enough, like, unique little pirate things that all give you cool power-ups that, like, you'd expect to see in a game of this, but, like, they all make sense. They're pirate-themed. Yes, it's cute. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the little touches. Yeah. The fact that they went above and beyond. And the fact that this game is genuinely funny, like, through, like, like one of my favorite uh, gags is uh, to open one of the dungeons, you have to, like, shine a light on this uh, <laughs> monument, and the way you do that is, like, it's so stupid. You like you, you have a. Bi- I couldn't believe it when this happened. You have a bikini party, and like just the sun glistening off of the two girls' <laughs> bodies is enough to light the place up. Oh God! It's bless. so fucking stupid. And I also love that in the, on that very same screen, you get an item called ham stink. Well, you, you got to get a little ham stink going. <laughs> fucking suck that up in the bottle use that ham stank it's so good it's so good like this game is like i think that it, it, it's like the funniest i think way forward's ever been able to be like even in like mighty switch force like those games are good but they're not really like like they aim for funny but they kind of don't nail it uh and i think that like this is kind of like the first time i've genuinely like wanted to talk to everybody to see what they said in a way forward game because everybody's cool. everybody's funny and like I said, like Risky and Shantae together, they're like so good. Because like every other Shantae game, like they have interactions at like the first and the end. And it's just like yeah. those those are like the highlight because those two are very funny together. So you've got like this whole game of them going back and forth and you're kind of like getting into a bit of Risky's history as well. It was kind of an interesting and unique way to kind of like add a little more depth to a character that mostly just kind of been like the R4 of the series, if you will. Yeah. Um, and man, like, uh, you're definitely going to want a hundred percent this game. Absolutely. Yes, so it you, is... you got the true ending. Yes. I was like, Polly, you can't stop. See, like I beat ending. it. So I beat it and I was like, okay, that was pretty good. I had fun. And then, and then Rhett was like, did you get all of the, did, did you find all of the, uh, Tinker Bats? And I was like, nah, I missed like one or two of them. Yeah, oh, fuck them. And he was like, no, no, go back, <laughs> yeah. go find them. So I did, and holy fuck! <laughs> Talk about a massive change. As soon as the final boss on the normal ending ended the way it did, I'm like, oh, I have to see what the 100% is now. Mm-hmm. You, you're not ending with that. Yeah, like, I just kind of thought, well, maybe I'm done. Maybe I'm done. 
Yeah. But I'm glad that I went back and did it because, man, like, I think that that moment might be of what made my final decision, uh, you know, in the great debate versus Shantae and the Pirate Skirts versus Half Genie Hero. Yeah. So for me, it was interesting because I played the second game a while ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And that game ends on kind of a bummer ending. Oh, does it? Yeah, it ends with Shantae losing her genie powers. Oh, that's Whoa. right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, which is where this one picks that's off. That's where this and then one it, picks off. Okay. But then it also ends with, like, Roddy Tops running off crying because she hates you. And it ends really kind of weirdly. So mm-hmm. having this game just tie everything off with the bow in that true ending is very very satisfying yeah like it's like okay you're not you're not like teasing a sequel this time with like oh no the new menace it's like okay everything is done yeah yeah it was kind of a cool way to end the original trilogy even though i haven't played the first game it didn't seem like much happened there nah it's basically your your setup story really yeah and there's not really a whole lot of story to it at all honestly i know no one did Story in little games like that, like, I'm never, like, I would never be pissed if I'm playing a Shantae and be like, where the fuck that story? It's like, who cares? <laughs> who fucking cares? It's a fucking, it's a little baby game about a genie and you run around. <laughs> it's, if it's cute, that's good enough for me. Right. I don't, I don't need anything that deep. I'm not expecting, you no. know, like, uh, you know, Arrow the Acrobat 2. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on the other hand, that's got a that's got a story you can set your watch to. There you go. <laughs> Polly. Yeah. On a scale of one to ten, though, how thirsty how good is, is this game? How thirsty is this game? Christ on a crutch. It's. It yeah. starts with the glistening bodies. In yeah. The sun. And, and it's it just e- kind of escalates keeps... from there. Does yeah. every character have big titties? Yeah. Every no. character's got some pretty big titties, and there's some there's some outfits later that are very, very revealing. And then there's an area with slime girls that are very jiggly for some yeah, reason. They're... And like scorp and scorpion girls and there might be a snake and girl in there. Spider girls and Spider Girls, it, yeah. It's really weird, like, because I'm like, isn't this game for like kids? Do kids, <laughs> do kids see more titties than I do, and I'm just not realizing it? Like, oh my god, this game is like this. Someone had fun making this game. Oh yeah, Let someone at t- Way Forward. This is definitely their thing because Mighty Switch Force kind of seems the same way with the character design. Oh yeah, being oh, oh very. Yeah. So- Stylized. Yeah, very stylized. Very busty. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I'm a man who likes (laughs) fucking titties. Can I I ask a question about Half Genie Hero? R.E. the horny? Just, and y'all can answer me frankly. Sure. Alright. Because this is just so specific. (laughs) Is the thing. I'll just read off what this person said. There's an entire chapter where pirates are making bootleg mermaids, Mm -hmm. which is to say they're shoving women into the mouths of large fish, then selling them as a luxury food. Yeah. What? The final (laughs) boss of this area is a giant chain mermaid that takes up the entire screen. Mm -hmm. This is all accurate? This is all accurate, yeah. Okay. Is this a vor thing? Yes. And and there's like a factory level where where everyone's like, with a... Okay. 
just checking that that's all that that is all that is what it is in context that is what it is in context i still don't think that john is hitting purchase on steam right now i don't think okay. that i don't think that it's as like despite the fact that i think that game does have a bit of horn dog to it i think uh-huh. pirate's curse is a bit more horn dog honestly that's well this is the thing that person followed up all this with and somehow none of this has even the slightest texture of horniness whatsoever. Yeah, it's not really so, so, that way. They were just bewildered, <laughs> which is, sounds confusing to me, too. Because I think that that's a weird context people are trying to write around Half-Genie Hero, is that, like, oh, uh-huh. man, it's so horny. It's like, mm-hmm. but, like, it was in it was in the prior game, and it's actually kind of toned down quite a bit in Half-Genie Hero, honestly. Gotcha. Yeah, the stealth section in Pirate's Curse is just... Pretty blatant. Straight up, they might as well have just put a neon sign that said, Fan service! Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and, like, they're joking. it. Like, the characters are joking about it the whole time. So... Uh-huh. Yeah, but, but having those huge full-screen portraits, and they're it's... just all so skinny and so busty, it's just it's, like, it's oh my god. It's real funny, though. It's just, like, I thought that, like, it would be something that would gross me out. Because it's just like, yeah, man. I wasn't grossed out, but it's definitely like, man, and, someone and, had fun drawing these. Yeah. At, at what point, though, like, does that become like, oh, we're having fun with it and not like, okay, this is getting to be too much. Like, like it's, it's a really odd line you have to draw because there's, yeah. you're either, wow, this guy's really jerking off or, oh, this guy's <laughs> jerking off. Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with character agency. Uh, and I think yeah. that, like, all of the characters in these games are very strong females who are more than capable of taking care of themselves. And, like, even though they end up in this situation, it's played more for comedy, and they're more, you know, and they are beating the shit out of the people that did this to them. Mm-hmm. So, I think that... yeah. You know, like, the fact that the characters have agency and they're not just damsels in distress, like, they're actively just getting their way out of the situation. It's just another madcap thing we ha- that happened. Sort of like, um, sort of like Leia choking Jabba the Hutt. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, I would put the, I would put this cheese on the same level of cheese that I see Neptunia as, honestly. Cool. Oh. Mr. I think they're similar. Maybe a bit further in this. I think they're similar. Like, I'm not saying one goes further than the other. I'm just saying I think that there's a similarity yeah. there where I think it's played for tongue-in-cheek a lot. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem exploitive. Yeah. Okay. It, it's, it sometimes is difficult for me to tell, like, how how I feel about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I... Because I'm always of two minds. Like, oh, I get it. It's being cute. And it's like, how much of that is just them <laughs> being like, hey, here's here's a joke about it. But no, seriously. Tits. Tits. <laughs> All over the place, just tits. I definitely think there's probably some people who are like, "Oh yeah, this is my stuff right here." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's the, that's the stuff right there. And his name's Fresno. Yeah. Is it, uh, <laughs> is it Fres Fres linked me a picture of the mermaid factory early on. <laughs> like, Thank did, you. Did, did he respond with, "This is my stuff right here"? That's my stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> he whispered. No, he responded. Excuse- <laughs> This is my stuff right here. <laughs> no, he thought that it would be my stuff. Oh. Yeah, John's John's the kinky one here. Yeah, John's, John's I love that description, though, shoving girls into fish mouths to make bootleg mermaids. Yeah. To sell them as food? Is that really a thing? Yes, that's the thing. All right. It's uh, real dumb. 
It's so stupid. Older for stuff kind of similar to that, but okay, cool. What are you, what are you a prude? <laughs> <laughs> so fucking specific is all. Okay, it really is specific. Moving on. It really is specific. Um, did you just say, say booming on? Booming on. Sorry. Boobing, Boobing on. on my wayward son. You know, my dad boobed on me. Oh, okay. Hold on, no, this is a tale that has to come out. <laughs> my no. wayward son. It was me. I was boobed. <laughs> he told me it'd make me a man, and it didn't. Okay, so that's it for Shantae Part 1. I know Mr. Mr. Karasu... Part 1 of a half. Mr. Karasu has informed me that he doesn't have uh, anything else he wants to talk about this episode, but he's still going to be here with us, hanging out, being a 10-year-old pedo. (laughs) I'm a human being. You are a human being. thoughts and feelings. You do, you do. You do. And they're 10 years old. And, you know, they involve... (laughs) Oh, do we have to separate you from John? He's only 12. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, fucking old man. Don't mind. Rat! Hey. I, I heard you did some other stuff. <laughs> I'm just waiting for my bit to be derailed, sorry. Uh, I played Final Fantasy 15. Pretty Boys Whoa. 15. The whole thing. Oh my god, Whoa. yeah, you cruised through this in like a week, didn't you? It was a good vacation. <laughs> Sounds like it. So, how oh, was your road? How so, was your how, how was your road trip with Pretty Boys? No, oh, so there's this game is a whole fucking saga. There's a lot to unpack here. Uh oh. Because there's a lot to do before actually playing the game. Yeah, there is. I also so first off, I watched the Kingsglaive anime or not mm-hmm. the anime. It's a CG movie mm-hmm. that takes place kind of before the events of the game. And I actually really liked it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think as a movie, it's probably the best Final Fantasy movie. Because mm-hmm. it's not really having any competition. Because Spirits Within is bad. And, it, and, and, it's, and it's not shitty like Advent Children. Advent Children has good action, but the story makes, like, literally no sense. Yeah. So this... So Kingsglaive is like, hey, what if we have good action and a story my dad can follow? Because my oh. dad... Watch this with me. Oh, wow. And, and was able to follow what was happening well enough, even though it kind of goes off the rail at, at the very end when it just goes full anime. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I enjoyed King's Glaive. And then after that, I watched the Final Fantasy XV Brotherhood anime, which is like these five, five ten-minute shorts that kind of flesh out the main cast in these little vignettes. And the weirdest thing about that is that I don't think they gave any art direction to the animators. So for these flashback scenes, they're just like, okay, what if the town looks like Tokyo now? What? So um. like you've got you've got these flashbacks of like Pronto Prompto in high school and it's just generic looking Japanese high school. And it's really weird. And then there's the whole timeline of the series gets really fucking crazy because, like, there's events that are shown in the movie revolving, involving Noctis, and then that leads into the demo for the game, the Platinum demo, which is actually canon, and, like, there's stuff that happens in that, and then the scenes from the anime that tie in all into it, and it all kind of doesn't really matter whatsoever. Yeah. 
but it's it's good to have the backstory established so you know kind of what's going on. So you go from the very Japanese anime to Final Fantasy XV, the game proper, and it's all of a sudden, it's in the Midwest. <laughs> and it's just Cindy being like, howdy, y'all! <laughs> yeah. Everyone everyone in this starting area having this super thick accent. It is so strange. Mm. Like, the opening hours of this game are just incredibly surreal and bizarre. <laughs> Especially it's just like, like when you consider like what Final Fantasy has yeah, been with its what elegance Final and, is and yeah, it being Turned an open Earth world bound. game now. Yeah, it, that's actually a pretty apt comparison. Where it's just like we just modeled this after real world America, <laughs> but from a weird Japanese perspective. And this game has like the best title card drop I've ever seen. Oh wow, really? It's because it's just so surreal. It's just like almost like a middle finger to Final Fantasy. Oh wow! How they how they do the intro? Interesting. Because it it starts with their car being broken down and they're pushing the car. Yeah. And then a song plays, and then the titles card comes up. Final Fantasy fifteen, and you're just like, "What is this?" You're just hoofing the car forward because the car yeah. is broken down. Like that's your big elegant moment, Final Fantasy. Yeah. It's so strange. So the opening hours of this almost reminded me a lot of Yakuza. Because there's this whole, like, the whole day-night cycle is very important. They're like, oh, we have to sleep at night because the demons come out at night. Mm -hmm. And then there's the huge emphasis on cooking food. And, like, the food in this game is insanely good looking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that the team actually, like, prepared those dishes themselves and learned how to make them properly. That's like that's some crazy immersion there. That's really crazy. <laughs> um, so it's, it almost feels like Yakuza with a budget in, mm. in some places because those games are kind of <laughs> those are they're real budgety. But they also really emphasize the food, even though I think in Yakuza they're just using like actual photographs of the yeah, food. Like yeah, like they, this... these are delicately modeled. Yeah, that's the weird thing. It's like when they serve it up and it slides onto screen, like, depending on what it is, it'll kind of shift a bit. Like, it's a 3D model, and it's just like, man, you guys are putting way too much detail into this. Yeah, those 10 years went somewhere, man. (sighs) Yeah, 10 years down the drain in some aspects. Oh. Did you say 10 years? Yeah. Yeah, so Final Fantasy XV was announced. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Sorry, I'm sorry. Let's call a callback. This game is so old, you can't be a pedophile for it. Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) Uh, Oh, God, now I just lost my... I'm so so sorry. The realization was through me, is that that you just dismissed it, and then, oh, God. Ten years. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. So Final Fantasy XV, it's been Uh, cooking for ten years. Yeah. So the... you guys know how the combat in this works? Yeah, it's real loose and freeform. Kinda. Yeah, it's... Originally, it was going to be like a Kingdom Hearts kind of real-time action thing, and now it's just like... So I changed the controls to one of the second defaults, so this isn't the controls people will be familiar with, but it's just how I played it, mm-hmm. where you hold down square to attack, mm-hmm. and it just auto-attacks. Yeah. And then you hold down L1, and it goes into evasion mode, and he'll automatically dodge. Mm-hmm. 
And it's almost making me think like, oh, he just automatically attacks when you press square. This is video games are bullshit. Because then I'm like, well, all I do in Transformers is just mash square the entire time. Yeah, you're just taking a how, like, like fucking. Ba- you it? can auto attack in fucking Battletoads, dude. You can just hold. Yeah. The, the, you can hold the attack button. It's just like, oh man, it's it's something about game feel. I think where it just feels better when you have to attack with each button press. Right. You know, like holding down square mm-hmm. just doesn't have as much impact. Mm-hmm. But the combat actually gets really hard for me, at least. Like, I, I'm sure some people are going to be like, "Oh, you're terrible." But like, there's so much shit happening at times because you've got four party members all, all running around attacking and stuff. So then you'll just be getting flanked by like ten enemies at once. So like, it definitely helps to have that be a pretty simple combat system overall. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't actually go into the vade if you're attacking. So like, using like the big great sword does have a drawback where you're leaving yourself wide open for a while when you attack. Hmm. So I actually ended up enjoying the combat, even though it's a very strange system. It, it reminds me kind of a bit of The Last Story and um, Xenoblade Chronicles in a way, because those have, like, auto-attack yeah. systems too. Yeah, I haven't played Last Story, but this reminded me of Xenoblade a lot because you get damage bonuses for attacking from behind, which yeah, uh, main character... In- Xenoblade also had his backslash. like attack from behind, attack from the side stuff. Yeah, and there's cool stuff like if you're attacking from behind while one of your friends is standing with you, like they'll do a link attack and that does more damage. Yeah, they'll like they'll yeah. like auto combo with you and that stuff looks yeah. really cool. And then there's the whole like so Noctis can throw his weapons and teleport to them, which is real neat. So. That's the weirdest thing in Kingsclave is that there's other characters that can do that mm-hmm. and they don't explain it at all. So like the first fight scene happens and it's just these characters fucking teleporting everywhere. <laughs> it's just like, what is happening? This is con- it's real confusing to watch at first. Yeah, but in the game it's actually a really cool mechanic because the further away from an enemy you are when you do that, it'll do another damage bonus. So That's like if you're cool. super far away, you can do like five times damage and Get just like, like a big teleport a bonus. mile away. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. And then there's other things like set points you can teleport to, and then you'll hang. Like, yeah, you can hang sword, to like replenish magic points and stuff. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The combat is simple, but I think it's pretty effective for what it is like. And I probably used items in this way more than any other Final Fantasy game. Because mm. when you do get hit, it fucking hurts. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that too. It's like people just yeah. like take chunks of like like Dark Souls yeah. kind of damage here when you oh, get definitely like Definitely like if I'm in an area that I'm like a little under leveled for, I'll be getting knocked out in like three hits. Yeah. And then max HP is interesting because as you get knocked down and revived, your overall max HP will go down. Mm-hmm. It's like, kind of like, also kind of a Dark Souls thing, actually, where, you know, Dark Souls 2 as... Yeah, as you died. You so lost. you'll get down to, like, your max HP will be, like, down to, like, 30% or something, and then you can raise that back up with an elixir. Oh, I see. So, so items are very useful. Yeah, definitely. And, and the economy is actually, like, it seems like everything's way too cheap at first, because, like, elixirs are only 400 gil mm-hmm. which seems super cheap but like the way the money works it's actually pretty balanced that's good so then there's the story in this game Uh oh the story <laughs> 
it doesn't start till like halfway through the game. Oh, and then it, and then it rushes. It that it sprints towards the end. And it hops in that car, throws it into fourth, and does not stop. Yeah. That's kind of oh, so... weird because people say like the first half is the best. So yeah, there are, there are two games in here. So just to explain a bit more, so another one interesting anecdote I think I'll share is that. This is actually a five-person party game. Yeah. There are a couple guest characters that join you for parts of it. There's three mm -hmm. of them. So there's one part in the game where Gladio, one of the guys, has a little sister named Iris. Mm -hmm. And she joins your party very, very briefly. And Zero the... kills her. No, thank God. I understood that reference. That's excellent. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> She joins your party, but then is you're immediately like stuck into the car, and it auto drives for you halfway mm -hmm. to your destination. Uh -oh. And then something happens. You stop. You stop the car, and she leaves the party and waits by it. Right. So you do this like side dungeon, and then you get back to the car, and she joins your party again. And it's like, okay, finish that drive you were on, but it doesn't automatically put you in the car this time. So I'm like, wait, I'm running around with her in my party. What happens if I get into a fight? Uh-oh. So I get into a fight, and she's participating in the fight. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she even has, like, link-up attacks with Noctis, where, like, you do the attack from behind an enemy. She joins him, hits the enemy with a fucking giant Moogle plushie. <laughs> and I'm like, this is great. <laughs> and then she even has, so, like, there's kind of a meter that builds up and you can command your party members to do weapon arts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She has one of those where like she slide kicks an enemy. Then her big brother picks her up and throws her into the air and she like dives, kicks it. <laughs> and I'm like, this is great. And then I'm like, what happened? So I don't, I can't get in the car cause it's like part of the story mission. What if I get on a chocobo? So I summon the chocobos and she has a neon pink one for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so basically I, just did everything possible in this area that it had sectioned me off into while she was still in the party. Yeah. And then finally, so I'm like, well, I cleared a whole dungeon with her that like an optional dungeon that would happen oh. to be there. Mm -hmm. So then I go and get back in the car, drives to the destination. And then you talk to the NPC and it goes, Iris will leave the party now. And I'm like, okay. And I click yes. And she literally never joins you for the rest of the game. Wow. So it's just like, they made all this stuff that is, like, incredibly easy to miss for some reason. Mm -hmm. It's just super weird. Like, there's, like, a glitch to get one of the other optional characters into your party full-time, but, like, it kind of messes up because that's not supposed to happen. Yeah, I'd imagine that people, being a bit game-breaking. Yeah. People are pretty desperate to get a girl in the party in this game, though. <laughs> just a bit, yeah. Just a bit. So yeah, the first half of the game is this big open world and lots of side content that you can become very over-leveled by if you do all mm -hmm. at the start. Because chapter three, like, they kind of section you off in the western area mm -hmm. at the start. And then chapter three is literally called the open world and it's the entire thing is open to you at that point. Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. So I've seen people saying like, oh yeah, I'm in chapter three, I'm level 60 now. Uh -oh. And other people are like... Uh, I beat the game before level 60. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, like, I've seen people taking screenshots of their final uh, award being at, like, level 54 or 55, and like, wow, that's a little fucking 
Yeah. Overleveled there, Jack. Yeah, so people are like, oh, I'm, I've spent 60 hours on Chapter 3. Which, hey, that's a big... I mean, it is all the content of the game, practically. Yeah. It's like, if you want to engage... If that's in how the, you want to engage with like, the game, I mean, yeah. that's totally cool. But then also, once you do the main story, you're going to be overleveled yeah. by, like, a lot. Like, but it's I, also like the, I would be kind of bored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the open world content in this game isn't really great. Uh... Like, I'll... There's not really quests. There's errands mm. where a lot of it is just go to point A, okay, kill this monster, come back, and then kind of busy work. So I I did all the stuff I did on that was like if I saw it on the way to the next quest of, or like the main story quest, I'd just hop off and do yeah. it. Yeah. So like I didn't go out of my way too much. That's how I approached Metal Gear Solid Five was – yeah. Like, I would lay down a marker for a story mission, and if there was, like, an outpost or something I needed yeah. to capture on the way, I'll take care of that. So I was I was trying to really roleplay it. It's like, I'm not going to fast travel, because I think fast travel kind of breaks the game. Because the whole like point it of it... Yeah. Oh, the whole point of it is the, a road trip game. Yeah. And, like, having to take care and be like, oh, don't go out at night. So, like, trying to manage like okay i'll do this side quest and then i'll rest here like trying to manage out how your next 40 minutes are gonna go was kind of neat and then we'll camp out and have a party a little little, a little don't starvey if you will yeah because man early in the game if you're out at night you will get fucked up because these really high level iron giants will appear and just fucking wreck your shit that's so cool yeah because they just demons appear at night literally no well you know hey it's funny, though, the first time I killed one of the Iron Giants, I was, like, around its level. I'm like, yeah, I'm strong now. And then almost immediately afterwards, <laughs> another one popped out that was 12 <laughs> levels higher. Oh, and had, a, and had a giant sword on fire oh. and just fucking destroyed us. <laughs> but, like, there's no penalty for yeah, like, running like away the from death and stuff. Yeah, I've, I've heard the penalties I don't, aren't that bad. I don't think I've ever actually gotten a game over, though, because mm. you can just walk away from enemies and eventually the final end and everybody will revive with half health. Yeah. So that that's the first half of the game. It's kind of mediocre side quests and a lot of optional dungeons that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird how many of the dungeons are just, you just find them on your own if you're wandering around. Yeah. Cause the main story quests don't bring you to nearly all of them. Mm. Uh-huh. So then there's the second half of the game where, hey, remember how everyone hated Final Fantasy Thirteen for being linear? Uh-oh. What if we do that for the back half of the game this time? Oh, no. Uh. But we'll hide it so that they can't return the game because it's too late. Because yeah, you, know, you already played 60 hours. Pretty much. I mean, I think for the sake of the story, it works way better. Because, like, the story basically doesn't even start till you get to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But it also happened way earlier than I expected. Hmm. Because it's like, okay, like you're leave, you're departing on this journey, but you're actually not coming back, <laughs> and it doesn't quite signal that to you. Oh, so like once you leave the open world behind, you're not getting back to so, it. You can go back, just yeah. not in a story-related sense. Gotcha. There is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> when you're at a hotel, you can talk to this time-traveling dog who oh, will bring you back to the open boy. world. Oh, my God. But any, but all that's not canon, really. 
You're just revisiting your memories, even though new things are happening in your memories. Oh my god! So this is, yeah, it's really stupid. Memory so, replacement dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what that old trope. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that it's not even like go back to the open world, and like they just don't don't ignore that that isn't actually happening. It's specifically that you talk to a dog and he travels. He v- enters your memories. It's so weird. Yeah, that's just a weird specific thing. Yeah, I poked on. I poked on how long to beat, and it said this game was like twenty five hours, which is it's, like if you if you like beeline to the story missions, it's a very short Final Fantasy game. All right, that's that's good for me. Like that makes which, it more yeah, appealing. which I didn't really mind because I have like sixty hours because I've been fucking around with side stuff. It's uh-huh. like that felt pretty appropriate yeah. to beat the game. Like, and I really stalled at the end because I was a little underleveled for the very final dungeon. Uh-huh. I was like, let me do some open world shit for a while, and then came back and plowed through the end, basically. Nice. But yeah, so like, there's a ten to twelve hour linear stretch at the end of the game, mm-hmm. and it just fucking goes like just like relentless pace. Relentless pace. There's like one chapter that's like literally 15 minutes long. Oh yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, I was I tweeting that. on it. I'm like, oh, I'm on chapter 12 now, and then I'm like 15 minutes later. Oh, I'm on 13 already. Jesus Christ, <laughs> or whatever. That was a chapter. I think. Yeah, one, I think one of the chapters in. Uh, I think one of the chapters in Ghost Trick is like that, where it's literally yeah. like two minutes and it's done. Yeah. There's a oh. chapter in Mother Three that's that too. Yep. Oh, but man, like, that. Act- yeah. That 15 minute chapter had a real good set piece. <laughs> like, this game almost reminds me of Uncharted in a few places where it just goes hard on insane action set pieces. Mm-hmm. And that's real Fuck cool. Like, hey, want to have a fight on a train? That's really good. <laughs> yeah, I always, I'm always, I'm always down I, for I a love fight train on a train. Stuff. Train stuff is so cool. So, yeah, and then the characters, they go through their arcs and. Like, I really liked the second half, honestly, mm-hmm. because it's just, like, more happens, and you give a shit about the characters. And a good point. Final Fantasy story, it sounds. Yeah, and it's a very cool. Final Fantasy-ass Final Fantasy story, basically, without getting into specifics. Well, that's good, because I like a Final Fantasy-ass Final Fantasy story. But it it goes a little too fast, and there are things that are st- straight up, like, not explained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like... It goes at such a breakneck pace right at the end where you're just like, oh, what? <laughs> huh? And this is a game that had 10 years in the oven, and they had to just fucking yeah, get it out at this point. I've heard someone say, like, the last half is just like a string, a, like a stringing along of, like, the set pieces they had finished, and they just kind of glued it all together. Yeah. Mighty number 15. <laughs> <laughs> it's not nearly that bad. That is an insulting comparison. Sorry. But there's one chapter in this game everyone hates because it's kind of a stealth thing. Chapter 13. It goes on way too long. Mm-hmm. So, like, for a game that's actually not that long, it's, like, two hours long. Ooh. Oh, no. But that... So, having been prepared for that, I wasn't too bothered. Mm-hmm. But I'll try to be very vague here. There's another thing afterwards mm-hmm. that legitimately kind of pisses me off. Um... Where it's just, like... Don't even release the game if it's act- not actually finished. Oh, God. And I tweeted, like, is this how Metal Gear fans felt 
when Metal Gear Solid Five wasn't actually finished. Oh no! <laughs> I hope you're not talking about the ending. It's pretty late in the game. Oh no! But, okay, so the ending sequence itself, like, the entire final dungeon is... That's not what I'm talking about. Right. The ending is actually very good, but I also watched a 16-minute video explaining it afterwards. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's a major plot element in this game that I don't think they ever actually name out loud. Right. Like, spoken, which is very strange. There's, like, a newspaper clipping you can read about it in. Wow. But, like, overall, I understood the story. Right. Mostly. (laughs) And the ending is very good. Mm. And there's a... So, again, being extremely vague. You know how in Lost, they knew what the ending shot was going to be the whole time? Yeah. They kind of do something like that in this. Where they had this moment, they just kind of didn't know how to build to it. But in a, I think in a better way, where like the ending shot of this, kind of blew my mind. Oh. Okay. And I, and when I think about the development of this game, I'm like, how fucking long have you guys been planning that shot? For has this been the plan for ten years? Jesus Christ! You spent it's ten that, years waiting for that moment. And it, it's pretty good. <laughs> well, I mean, that's good at least. Yeah. It's something that calls back to when the game was still versus 13. Like, it's legitimately that And I was like, oh, you really actually just pulled that off, huh? Holy crap. Yeah, that's a good game, but man, is it... It's a strange beast. We're all three going to have to have played this at some point, because I have it. I know John has it, so... Yep. Yeah, I said on Twitter, I need to do a spoiler cast. We'll have to spoiler cast it. It's just too interesting of a thing yeah it'll be fun to untangle that yeah the weirdest thing about this game is how you can get the final fantasy soundtracks to play on the car that's not weird that's oh. awesome but it is awesome. okay it's weird to me because it happens so immediately in the game yeah where it's like the first music you hear are these old tracks mm-hmm. and <laughs> it just feels like at that point of the game it hadn't earned that nostalgia yet maybe gotcha. maybe because but that's like when you're li- yeah the whole reason they had a fucking radio in the car anyway but, like, to be listening to the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack before I've heard any music in the game itself. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, yeah. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, it's a bit pandery. Like, I think that should have been metered out a bit more than it is. Did they? Oh, did the God. fucking radio also have someone say, a woman named Eris was just murdered? <laughs> no. Fuck you. <laughs> no, see, they don't, they don't contextualize it at all. It's just literally fi- soundtrack to Final Fantasy VII as an item in the game mm-hmm. that you can buy and put oh. in your car. Of course you can't. Why? Why the fuck wouldn't you? You know what? There's a couple songs, like as the default in the car, and they're terrible. Mm. They're like the worst bland open world driving music. Sephiroth's theme. There you go. I'm sure that's in there. (laughs) One winged angel. That that would be wonderful if that's the default theme. You have to drive listening to that, and you can't change it. It would have been amazing if there was a radio DJ announcing all these tracks. Oh God, that go. would have been amazing. That would have saved it. Yeah. Cool. So is that Final Fantasy Fifteen? That that's some of Final Fantasy Fifteen. <laughs> all that you can actually cover without spoiling, at least. Yeah, probably. Cool, uh, John. 
That's me. Well, what else you been doing? What else have I been doing? I've got one more, one big thing, and then two little things. So I'm gonna do the two little things. Okay, do the two little things. Um, I played about three. I played three missions of Doom, Doom. now. Da, 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 Doom. Da, da, da. I, I want to pronounce it such that you can see the all caps. <laughs> yeah. You have to make people sexy. You User a- game of the year. Yeah, you absolutely have to with this game. You actually have to make sure that the 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 capitals are emphasized here. So Rhett said something about like great title drops. Oh, <laughs> Doom has a fucking good one. Doom yeah, has probably, a really good one. Probably actually better than the 50. fucking shotgun cock to the music is so <clears throat> good. Oh. Basically, there's in the first five minutes that time to shooting demons in the face is less than 30 seconds. Yes. The opening cinematic thing is like two sentences. Mm-hmm. And one of the lines is rip and tear until rip it's done. Rip and tear done. until it's done. <laughs> Did that originate in the comic or was that in the original games at all? The rip and tear thing. I think rip and tear was actually in one of the endings of uh, okay, the original good. Doom, I believe. Okay, cool. <laughs> I think um, huge guts is the meme from the comic. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and then there's like two points where a guy starts expositing at you over a radio, <laughs> and your character just like throw breaks the whatever he's yeah talking to breaks over. whatever he's talking to you over. It's so good. As the, the to the expositor, and you don't get any actual exposition or story until you've killed demons for forty five minutes. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's and in these perfect. opening moments, you get so many little first person characteristics from the Doom Slayer that it's so fucking oh. crazy. Like, did you find the doll? Yes, actually, the Doom the Doom guy doll, and he like plays with it. It's so adorable. <laughs> yeah, he has so much um, personality, even for just like. Being a gun and some hands. He has so much personality. Yeah. Like, when he has to tear off the guy's arm. Yes! In the Foundry level. The Foundry level was great, because it was like... That's the one I just played before the podcast, and mm-hmm. it's just vintage. It, it is a fucking dark labyrinth, mm-hmm. and you've got to find a bunch of key cards. Yep. And it's really hard. And I finally turned up the gamma one notch. Because yeah. I set it to the lowest possible thing at the beginning where I could still see the logo. It's a little and it was, too dark that way, I think, honestly. It was so dark that I it was just... I had a really bad headache when I got home. That's not a good either. And then I was like, I'm going to play some Doom. That's probably <laughs> the worst game to play with a headache. <laughs> to yeah. make your headache much worse. Okay, I'm glad I'm glad that y'all thought it was a little too dark too. Because I, I finally was like, okay, this is just barely not quite playable this dark so i notched up one and then it was perfect i play it just on the default mm-hmm. well i did the thing at the beginning that they had it yeah. that they had you set yeah like you have to so i did that um and then i put it up one in the oh, one okay, point okay. unit in the menu um it's i love that it's so fucking dark i love that there's all that response to doom 3 where it's like, all right, the cutscenes, exposition, slow build up to the fights and all that. All right, we'll strip that out. It's still going to be fucking really dark, though. Yeah, yeah. Which I feel they we relented know a lot with that re-release of Doom Three. They relented a lot and took a lot of that darkness out, which yeah, which me. sounds boring yeah, to me. It's absolutely. I'm gonna boring. play vanilla Doom Three. <laughs> yeah, when I get to it. 
um, which I do want to get to. It looks amazing in its own right. It really is. It really is. So, yeah, this game, the, the ambiance, holy shit. Like, there's a reason this game has gotten such high praise. There's a reason so, it was on so many Game of the Year lists uh, that we read last year mm -hmm. uh, on the podcast because, I mean, it's really just that fucking good. Yeah. Like, I'm going to so refrain only... from talking about it because I've only played uh, the first three chapters as well. We're right on the same yeah. page then. So I, I imagine, boundary level. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine by the next time we convene, we'll have finished the game and be able to squee about it like little fangirls. Because <laughs> holy, holy shit, when they introduced the Hell Knights and um, mm. in the Foundry, mm. so good. Mm. Just everything yeah, about that game. The whole climb, the climax of the Foundry level on the two turbines yes. where things just escalate and escalate. Yeah, it's just like, when is this going to stop? <laughs> oh, it's so Doom. It's so Quake. It's so vintage id yeah it takes the best from like everything id did that was great back in the day but it has this like just uniquely modern te modern take on it that doesn't sacrifice anything about what made the originals good it's real special except that and then the map is really useless so it's even more confusing in some ways than doom <laughs> I don't think the map's that bad. Uh, it's definitely a lot harder than to read than I would like. Yeah, I just kind of ignored it so far. Yeah, I've been able. To... Like it's it's not that hard to get around. I don't think any of the stages yeah. in this game are going to be the labyrinths that you can stumble into in some of the later episodes of Doom or Quake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's I don't definitely think Quake some... had it. Quake didn't have a map. Did no, it? I don't think it did. Yeah, I've been just playing it like Quake. Mm. Um. There's a lot of um, extra, you know, AAA stuff like their data entries and logs and um, upgrade systems and side things. And but it's all, it doesn't. It's pretty okay in that it just doesn't seem to get in the way of the yeah, like, dooming. At its core, it's just a good shooter. Like it mm -hmm. feels good. It feels fast in a way that first-person shooters don't feel fast these days. Yeah. Um, like, it's just this awesome arcade experience that truly captures the essence of Doom and modernizes so it in a way fast. without sacrificing the core. Every, they, they keep saying on the loading screen, like, standing still is death. Yes, keep moving. you're not wrong. And it is. It is. You just got to keep moving, getting up in the enemy's faces, chainsawing the enemies, uh, getting a shotgun real up close. Yeah, um, melee the, attack gets you some. The health melee back. attack execution things are real quick. They're they're super snappy. So but they don't it's also a good mechanic way. that keeps the game's momentum going. Like it keeps yep. you moving. It gives you a reason to want to get up close and personal. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just real smart. It's real smart. It's a very smart, fun thing. So I think I think probably what I'm ultimately going to compare it to is um, Bulletstorm a lot. Yeah, and, uh, and I think I might. I can really see myself liking this more. The ambiance is just so sharp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is Doom that captures what makes Doom special. Yeah, and I'm very happy about that. Um, I played a one-hour RPG Maker VN um, type <laughs> game called Yonder Yondarella. Yonderella. Oh, you played. I said I was going to play this, and I never did. Oh yeah, ages ago. Um. I've got a whole folder of, like, free games that I downloaded and never played. Gotcha. It's right next to Barkley. That's Barkley's good really good, Rhett! 
Far Cry's I've really got, good. I've got a lot of games to play. It the, the oh my god when they bring the, the talk about games that play the title screen during the fi- title music during the final boss. <laughs> yeah. Barkley. Fucking Barkley. Yeah. Okay, great. You're sold. Yeah. Sold. That sequel's coming out soon. Yep. Or never. Who knows? Or never. Um, so this game wasn't good. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Is it just because it it's not your thing? No, no, it really just isn't very... And it is my thing. I meant... I mean, it can be... Damn it, I'm sorry. I know that you're sad about your things <laughs> being taken by everybody. But it's it can be your more your thing. I'm sorry. Um, it's a it's a game about where you go back home after being away from your hometown for a long stretch of time. Just presented this cutesy RPG maker graphic style, mm-hmm. um, and you have two childhood friends who are both girls, and they're both real into you. Mm-hmm. And you have to like choose, so and then who, so depending on who days, you choose, basically. one of them goes. After you and the other one, and they both have their own little stories and endings, and it just wasn't very good. So it's, two it's, games for the price of one. There you go. Mm-hmm. So it's basically School Days. Yeah. Well, School Days isn't the point of it that it just comes out of nowhere. Right. This is sort of the slow build up. We are getting the. Where you're getting like each of them having their own little. Well, you know what you're getting things. though, because it's right in the fucking title. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. And both of them like delivered in those last scenes. They're pretty fun. Right. Um, I posted a couple out of context clips. Um, <laughs> but it just it's not very smart and it's just kind of building up to that thing. Just Building up to the girl murdering you and the other one. And that's um, like the only point. That's just the point. Yeah. And it feels kind of shallow and limp and like there's some cutesy, cute presentation things about it, but um, the 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 reason I found it originally was that one of the endings gets meta, mm-hmm. where one of the characters is like, even if you go on another route, I want you to remember being here right now with me. Uh... Why do this? And that that comes out of nowhere. It's not it doesn't actually. It's really not mean much. Not smart. Yeah. So I I wanted I I linked the images with Undertale 2015 on Twitter ages yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. And it's not. It is not very good. I think John's mad the murder wasn't better. Yeah. Nothing mur- could be boyfriend. The murders were great the murder. actually. The murders were great. It's just but you know, it's you need more than that to be a good story. Yeah. Um so I think if we want the murderous girls covered in blood games that we want in the world, then we have to make them ourselves. It's the only way. Yeah, I'm gonna get right on that, John. I'm gonna get right fucking on that. So, Murder Girl Simulator, yay or nay? Nay. Hard nay. Hard nay. Hard nay. Oh, Mer- Yandere Yandere Simulator. Simulator. Yeah, hard yeah. Nay. It's been developed by a piece of trash anyway. So. Yeah, hard nay. That's not. That's not the good shit. Absolutely that none. Is... None of the buenos. No. That's... Does not get, I, does not get the John Thayer seal of approval. I think. <laughs> what what does the John Thayer seal of approval look like? Um, good question. Yandara Simulator, you can tell if it's coming from this mean spirited, childish oh, place. Really? Jeez. I think that's where. Uh, if you Google it, like 
all the people playing it are, you know, like shitty dudes making lots of misogynist jokes over the video. And I think it's telling mm-hmm. kind of how it, the audience that that game is attracting. Yeah, like that. And like, you know, it, it, it's just like, that's been the whole design, like the whole point of that game's creation was, oh man, we're going to stick it to those SJWs with this one. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah. I think we're talking about two things now. Are we? We're ta- I'm talking about a weird video game called Yandari. Sim- I, my, the game I played was Yandarella, which is just some yeah, RPG, that's maker the RPG maker yeah. game. This is a, the game being made in Unity. Uh, Yandere yeah. Simulator is being made in Unity by kind of a scumbag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I wasn't sure when yeah. you switched over yeah, to that one. Yeah, we switched over. I know what that is, though. Keep up! Yeah. Come on, now! Apparently, the Yandarella guy has made, like, eight games all about all that end with the girls <laughs> killing you. Well, like, there you this go. Is just one of them. <laughs> so, like, okay. kind of like kind of like the Shantae guys, somebody found their thing and get to express somebody it Somebody found freely. their niche, their story. Someone found their thing and now we all have to pay for it. <laughs> hey, well, well, no you don't. They're all free. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. But I'll jerk off to it with, with maximum hesitation. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not really any hesitation on John's part, really. No. Well, you gotta get off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were saying Yonderella was made from, like, a cynical, shitty... No! no, 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 no. Perfectly, okay, okay, it's okay. okay. perfectly nice. <laughs> it's a perfectly nice murder castration game. It's just that... Oh! Oh, good! Um, but, yeah, I'm sorry? Real talk, that's not actually my thing. Okay. Getting castrated? No. Do it for you? No, no. Well, it doesn't get you hard, getting it hard and then cut off. (laughs) (laughs) Not my only, not my only game this week with really fun murder scissors. Oh, yeah. We'll go about that later. We'll talk about that. Hey, Polly! Yo! What have you been up to? I played that new I played that new Shantae game. <laughs> Was there any castration in it? No castration. <laughs> and lots of why. casting away because there are pirates, but no castration. Arr. Arr. Boom! You kept it going. Nice. Um so I mean I like this game's good. Like it's more of kind of the same formula that works for Pirates Curse, only they brought You're talking the, about Half Genie Hero now? Yeah. Only they brought, like, the transformations back, and they're, like, a bit more fun than before, but I kind of feel that the, the pirate powers were way more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, both is games, there any synergy? Not really. That's the problem, I think, is yeah. that, like, you have to stop and do the transformations. You, know, you have to do the dance for the transformation, so there's not really a lot of chance to synergize when you yeah. have to bring an entire abrupt stop to everything. Whereas in Pirate's Curse, like you just move from move to move yeah. to move. And that feels fantastic. I think um, it'd be so cool if like she could just shape shift, like if you double tap and she changes forms like into a giant while pair running. Of breasts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the ultimate transformation. But man, like this is a game that kinda like had the uh, uh, the weird luck of launching sort of right beside Mighty Number no. Nine, mm. and, like, and then for a while, both <laughs> developers were kind of like, "Yeah," they were like posting art with each other's characters together, like, "Yeah, this is a cool thing." Boy, and don't that... forget how much hope Mighty Number no. Nine had riding on it that yeah. first year. Yeah, that first year, it was it was a big thing, and like I remember one of the first things that really struck that really stuck out about the Shantae Kickstarter. <laughs> 
So unfortunately, when they revealed the game, they had whitewashed Shantae entirely. <laughs> Whoops, <sighs> she was a white girl now. And uh, I guess they thought people might just forget or hoped they would forget or something. Because, man, they were really on top of getting that shit fixed up real quick. I remember um, messaging one of the uh, people running the Kickstarter myself. and was like, you know, Shantae has uh, always kind of been a, a woman of color. <laughs> what? What? What, what? What do we mean? I don't see color personally. I don't see skin oh. color. Well... So, sounds like we and then the they tried to like walk it back in this weird way where they showed a picture of Shantae at night who still clearly had a white skin tone, but they yeah. had used that like uh, they they uh, you know it's a nighttime environment, so they had used a shader to make the character appear darker, but it was like you know under the blue of night. And it was just like, no, you guys got it wrong. It's just, uh, it's just our shader. Oh, see, like she's, yeah, it's just the shader making her look like. It's like, no, dude, your header image. She's fucking white as a sheet. No, it's uh, she died in the last game. She's a ghost. Ghost day. Yeah. Um. But I mean, the game's good. Uh, I still think like like like. Like, like this and Pirate's Curse were kind of neck and neck until I got to, like, that final bit of Pirate's Curse. And it was just like, mm. you know, like, this game just kind of feels a little more put together and seamless than, you know, despite the fact that it's not a seamless world than Half Genie Hero does. And it's not a seamless world either. Like, they kind of, like, got away oh. from that, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um so it's just like, and then like the last couple of stages in Half Genie Hero kind of just feel like maybe we ran out of Kickstarter money and kind of kind of had no. to come up with some real simple gimmicks here to make sure we could get this thing in under budget. That said, though, mm-hmm. it is a fantastic looking game. Like I will you take, know, I will take nothing away from how this game looks or sounds. It's fucking gorgeous, top to bottom. Like the and like the way they've really cuted up the character art style is just really great. Um, it's just a really, really pretty game. Sounds like Shantae oh. probably could have asked Mighty Number no. 9 for some of their money. They sure didn't fucking use any of it. Yeah. <laughs> this game definitely got hurt by launching, like, a week after Mighty Number no. 9. Yeah, yeah. But they still put out, like, a way better game for, like, what, $400,000? I think it they, really that little? I think they made, like, 10% in the end of what Mighty Number no. 9 made. Jesus. What what the fuck did Mighty Number no. Nine? What the fuck? What do they do with that money? They, they just burn it. They're they, like, I don't know what to do with all this shit. They overpromised on shit that they could not deliver on. Like all of the fucking yeah. stretch goals to get more money behind the project. They didn't realize. Oh wait, we've actually got to le- figure out how to make this shit. We actually have to do this. Oh fuck! I just I just want more money. Not, not, not to mention the fact that, like, the fucking physical goods, like, I guess they're gonna start shipping next month? Question mark? I wonder if, the, I wonder if they're just in the hole for that stuff. You have to think they are at this point. Because that game no... could not have sold. No. No. It's a, like, that game, I'm pretty sure released at 39, and it's already, it's down to, it was down to 20, like, maybe a week later yeah. like it's poison no one believe, fucking wants it i can't believe when deep silver like did a publishing deal with them yeah for mighty number no. nine 
It's just like, why what would else? you? Why would you get in bed with that? Like seeing as like all. Yeah, the that bad. fire was. That fire was clearly there. Yeah. No, that yeah. fire. Was, that fire was actually poorly rendered, and it looks more. Like, <laughs> more like pizza. pizza? Yeah. <laughs> Holy fucking guacamole! Yeah. How the fuck? How do you? How are you that stupid to make? All of those fucking mistakes. <laughs> Have they never done anything before? Do they not know what people are? Yeah. Did robots make this game? <laughs> I, I think I, robots would have made a better game. I put forty dollars into that fucking Kickstarter. Oh, okay, now when I I know why you're so mad about it. But and like I've never played the game. I, I haven't even gotten my free copy. And you know what? I probably can't even get it anymore. I, I like, never yeah, got mine. It. I never got mine. They never sent it to me. I paid for it. They never sent it to me. And anytime I contact the customer support, and I did for two weeks after the game's fucking release, they never like they they just eventually stopped returning my emails because it was like, oh, I don't know how to deal with it. Uh, well, would you like a mighty number nine postcard? Absolutely we have not. Six hundred thousand of them. <laughs> we'll send you all of them if you leave us alone. Um, let's 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 the fucking new guy Ray. It's like, hey guys, remember Zero? You liked him? Yeah, we'll buddy. It's another. Give us another two million, and we'll put him in the fucking game. <laughs> Eat shit. God, mighty number, my ass. What a <laughs> bunch of garbage. Like, why did they, how the? If you gave me four million dollars, <laughs> I couldn't make something that terrible on purpose. <laughs> You, I just give two million to someone who knows what the fuck they're doing and be like, "All right, peace, bitches." <laughs> give it to fucking David Wise. At least it'll sound good. Jesus there you Christ. go. Just give it fucking give it to way forward. They'll make it. They'll make it on. They'll make it on a quarter of that. Yeah, yeah give it. Give a fucking. Why the fuck? You're you're in Afrika. You you've made games before. Yeah. Like, you probably saw them doing something with Mega Man X8, which was pretty okay. It was 3D. Maybe just get a fucking idea off of that, you moron. I just want to fucking take him by his stupid little caterpillar whiskers and fucking spit in his nose. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot. He made, thinks he's fucking cog of the walk. He fucking red ash my ass. <laughs> Fuck him. Boy, and boy, you don't even release a fucking demo, but when Red Ash is tanking, you're like, hey, here's the demo, but it's for Red Ash. And you, can, us. and you can kick a can. That's like in Mega Man Legends. Remember that, kids? <laughs> Please fund our project. That we're, we're being completely nebulous about what it even is. Uh, is, yeah, it, like, is it a demo or are you creating a pro? What are we paying did for? You donate to the, did you donate to the anime or the game? Oh my god, you donate to the anime. Well, we can't give you anything for that. That's still, don't be silly. I, I think, wasn't it like after they were like, okay, we can either do English or Japanese voiceover. Let's get some more bucks. Yep. And then, and then like... Like, two weeks later, they're like, well, some Chinese company funded us a hundred grand. They may as well just have said, well, the Yakuza just called and they said they're in. They're big, mighty number. They're all Beckers over in the Yakuza. (laughs) (laughs) 
I also like how, like, I think they made some, like, insult where, like, they called them, like, late-stage backers. Oh, like, uh, slacker, uh, slacker, slacker backers. backers. Yeah. Fuck. What? You yeah. mean for the most famous Kickstarter ever that made a million dollars in ten minutes, you fucking jack-offs? Shut up. Yeah, I was slacking on giving you money, you fucking goobers. God damn it, that burns my ass so fucking raw. Like, how do you do that? So, like, I, I know this has been discussed, and it's it's in the, it's out in the ether now. But they made Shovel Knight with fucking two cents. Don't you suck and dick and figure out how to make your game. I think you Shovel Knight was like ninety k. God. Yeah, and they're still making DLC, and it's still great. Yes. Mighty Number no. Nine won't even be remembered in like ten minutes. <laughs> like in ten like, minutes, the game is actually going to disappear from our collective consciousness. Just that's a defense mechanism. Yeah. Mighty Mighty Number no. Nine minutes left. Uh oh. <laughs> that's why. That's why he came on the podcast. He has to get these last few in because soon <laughs> we're not going to know what that is anymore. Soon, soon all copies of Body Number Nine are going to disappear, and Inafune is going to look behind him himself. It'll turn into a pile of sand. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, trying to have Genie Hero was good. Um. <laughs> So you played this first before Pirates yeah, Curse? Yeah, I played this before Pirates and Curse. And it still felt like it kind of stretched thin at the end? I think it stretched thin at the end, yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. I think it's good, though. Like, I still think it is a good one of those games. It's still cute. It's still... Like, I don't think that the humor is as on point, but I think mm. that's just because that's there's not quite as much dialogue in this game as there is uh, Pirates Curse uh, either. Uh-huh. And if you've also go back to just like, oh, hey, Risky Boots showed up. Oh, and now she's gone for the rest of the game until the very end. Oh, hey, how's it going? Uh, and it's just like, man, that dynamic works so well, you guys. Why don't, what, like, that, those two, those two always kind of need to be in scenes together. Yeah. But, I mean, it still, seems like, and like, it seems the, like, the thing, right. the thing with the animal forms is that, like, they have no real purpose for boss fights at all. So it's just like they're mostly used for getting around the stages, and they're fun. Like they're fun to figure out ways to use them in the stages and how they intend for you to use them. And like the stages are brilliantly well put together. Uh, but the, again, you like you lack that synergy of being able to use them in boss fights or the the abilities really synergizing well with one another, or in this case, just not at all because you have to pause to transform. That's real too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't love the bosses in Pirate's Curse, but there are definitely a couple where you had to use your gimmick, like the cannon especially. You had to jump over that boss and hit him in specific That points. boss was real cool. I like that one. Yeah. But yeah, like it, it's still, you know, pretty good little game. Um, cool. Kind of speed things up here. I will mention that I did a review this week uh, for 7th Dragon 3 Code VFD. If anybody wants to go to that, head on over to the main site to read that. I played through that. It was a game I picked up on uh, the old on the old holiday uh, break. It is a decent little um, like 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 dungeon crawler slash JRPG. I think this game kind of splits 
the difference down the middle uh, nicely between being a dungeon crawler of the Etrian Odyssey variety and a straight-up JRPG where, like, there's some leniency here, like, the game's not going to go completely ham and roll you, like, uh, something like Labyrinth of Toho or, or Etrian Odyssey will. Um, and I think the game just looks and sounds amazing. Like, I think it's one of the best-looking games, like, um, on the system. Like... Cool. And I think Shin Megami Tensei 4 is, like, one of the better-looking 3DS games, and I think this game really kind of, like, gives that game a run for its money in terms of its presentation and just how everything, like, there's just so much detail in every little thing. So, um, you can head on over to the site and check that out if you want to read that. Uh, so, uh, Rhett, I guess we're going back to you. Okay, so we talked about all them Shantae games. We did. Uh I played another Metroidvania. What'd you do? That goes very hard in the Metroid direction. I played Axiom Verge. Ah, that game. That game. Yeah, that game's garbage. You were right. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Nobody likes it. Yeah, nobody. John, you have not played this, right? Yeah, I played the whole thing. It was good. Oh, I'm the last one to play it then. Yeah. Yeah. We're caught up. We've all played Axiom Verge. (laughs) It is SoxCast approved now then. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that game is real rad. Yep. Like, it so, manages to do and have so much of its own identity, despite the fact yeah. that it is so very, very mm. inspired by Super Metroid. Yes. I don't even think Super Metroid. I think it's specifically the first game it seems to be drawing for from the most. I think aesthetically the first game. and then, yeah. But then, like, with the play and the structure more super. Yeah. But it's also, like... So I'm playing it on hard because I looked up the differences between normal and hard at the start. Yeah, you definitely want to play that on hard. Yeah, I think that's good of, yeah. Because I think, you know, there's a... Who makes those games? Like, Oni Ken. Like, the Joy hard Masher. modes... Yeah, Joy Masher. Like, their games get way too crazy on hard where it's like 200% damage, half health, mm. and stuff. So yeah. I looked up Axiom Verge and it's like... Oh, you deal ninety percent damage, and you take like a hundred and ten percent damage. Yeah, it's not that bad. And, and the bosses move twenty five percent faster, which was the real interesting one to me. It's, so, it's yeah. better that way, trust me, because those bosses are real boring on normal. Yeah, they're real. Yeah, they are. They're real good on hard. Yeah. Which is funny. Okay, that was weird because I you were on one of the bosses, and I was like, yeah, the bosses in that game aren't great, but then cool. <laughs> yeah. But they are just they just make them a bit smarter. Yeah. The third and fourth bosses in particular took me a lot of tries to oh, crack. Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. The first one I beat by, like, a sliver, and then the second one I just walked all over, and I'm like, oh, okay. But then three and four were just like, oh, I have to think about this, too. Because especially yeah. the fourth one is like, I don't know what to do here. Yeah. Because you have to hit it from behind. Yeah. It's a good so, puzzle. Yeah, it's a good puzzle. And then I had one gun that was kind of working, Mm-hmm. And but the boss really didn't like me using that gun, so he would back up and then yeah. kind of, and then he'd jump on me when I chased him. <laughs> so then I, I figured out the correct gun to use, basically. Yeah, cool. So it took me a couple tries. Yeah, the bosses in that are real good. Uh, part of why I think it goes for the original game is those bubbles in the first area. Are oh just yeah, so, like, those are so exact sprite. Yeah, it's so pretty. Yeah, but oh. it's also. I think using those bubbles is funny, though, because they don't act like they do in Metroid. You can just blow the shit out of them. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of this funny subversion of, like, yes, I look like Metroid, but I'm not Metroid. Just <laughs> you know? 
they're so fun when you get like the shotguns and stuff to just yes, blow up a whole just, room at once. Just get like fucking particle effects going everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, the particle effects are crazy because this game is obviously not giving any shits about any aesthetic or no, limitations. Not really. at all. Especially when you get to like the parallax backgrounds that have like detailed shading and multiple levels at once. Yeah. Yes. I kind of wish it went closer to actually looking like an NES game, but I guess that's part of it having its own identity. Right. It's not actually. Yeah. But like color wise, I think it's pretty close. Yes, like there's one. Anyway. There's some rooms that like have very limited colors, and I'm like, this could almost be an NES game, and I kind of prefer those more. Like, I think the second area nails the look the most for me personally. Mm. Mm. Like, there's one room that's just entirely pink for yeah. some reason, <laughs> and I, that's such a striking room. I really like it. And yeah, the items you get in this game are just insanely clever. They're all weird. Like, you think that there's going to be that moment where you just get the high jump boots. I, um, there, there totally is just a high jump boot, though. I know. That's that's the one thing. I was so disappointed when I got that because I was just like, oh, you just took an item from Metroid. But then everything else is super unique. It's just funny. Yeah. Yes. Would you have felt better if it was a high jump boot, as in there's only one of them and you're clearly, like, kicking with your other leg when you use it? <laughs> I mean... Maybe yes. Guys, <laughs> I just I fixed the game. Let's pass yeah. it. All right. You heard it. It's weird, though, because, like, that game is so close to being, like, insanely elegant. Mm -hmm. John just, like, punched his mic or something. No, that was light. That was thunder. Outside. Oh, nice. Geez. Yeah. There's a okay. storm. Go There's a okay, storm. You, brewing. Okay. I won't blame you for that then, but it was really loud. Um, this game is really good. So... Bad Metroid Metroidvania games telegraph themselves way too easily, where it's just like, here's a red door, here's a green door. And I know Super Metroid does that too, so I guess it's not all bad ones, but uh, Guacamelee is super bad about that. Strider. Like, yeah, Strider's another one. Guacamelee, though, was like, your uppercut would just break red bricks for no reason. Yeah. And then, like, your dive kick would break yellow bricks or something. I keep saying blicks. Blick! Um, <laughs> so this I mean, I think it's kind of silly in Super Metroid too. Like Metroid One and Two didn't need those kind of arbitrary yeah. signages. So yeah, but that's also such an early video like, games kind of were young. The genre. Yeah, like I can forgive it, obviously, but I don't yeah. think it's. But I do think it was silly there too. Yeah, but I think Axiom Verge is funny because I'll see something I can't get past and think I know the Metroid equivalent item for it. And then I get it, and it's something totally different. Yeah. <laughs> like, instead of bombs, you just have a fucking drill, and it's awesome. Oh, God, it's the really drill's loud. The drill's so good. And it's also, like, a really good, smart way to have you be able to move while using it. Yes. So that you don't have to just stand there bombing every tile like you would in a Metroid game. Yeah. And then, like, you see these one-tile-high passages that you can't squeeze through. And you think, oh, I gotta get the morph gotta ball, get and then the you get the ball. you get the morph ball, and it's totally not a, a morph, morph ball. ball at all. It's something way cooler. Yeah. Yep. So I got the upgrade for that, and this game has changed so much. Your movement gets so crazy at the end. Yeah. Where you're pressing Y twice, 
to, yeah, to just to fucking fly. Cool, to do the cool thing, and then, yeah. like, just dashing through fucking solid walls, because you can. Look, yeah. I phased through the fucking walls. Yeah, that was another one where I'm just like, oh, okay, the item is just walk through single-tile walls. Okay. <laughs> I thought I'd get something to blow them up, but I guess not. Nope. Like, it, it just completely subverts your expectations that way. Yeah. And then you get an item that's just from another NES game. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, fine. Like, oh, from uh, Bubble Bath Babes. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> it's kind of like in Darksiders, at the end of that game, you just get a portal gun. Yeah. So in this, you just get a bionic arm. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of sad because you get so many power-ups so quickly in the back half. Yeah. That I barely use that thing. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have much, have. yeah, like, there are unique ways that it's used to kind of, like, yeah. 100% the game, but... So, I, just before recording this, I got 100% tools. Nice. I had to, there was some crazy jump that I had to, like, fling myself up, then grab with the bionic arm, then phase through a ceiling. Yep. And I'm just like... I couldn't believe it when I pulled it off because I was basically giving up. I'm like, this is this can't be what they want me to do. <laughs> and then I got it, and then the 100% items pops up, and I'm like, yeah, cool. So awesome. I'm kind of I'm heading towards the end game now. Nice, cool. And I, I like how that palace was very much like, hey, we're kind of gonna do a Torian thing here. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. Like those big yellow enemies were very Metroidish yeah, in their it. movements. <laughs> that game's real smart. Yeah, I so I haven't even talked about the hack beam, which is probably the coolest item in the game, and you get it really early. Yeah, yeah. Where you can hack enemies to just change their properties, and it's all set, but it's just really neat how how you can like break enemies, and the way that they yeah. represent being broken is really cool and believable. Like you're actually glitching yeah, out yeah. the game. Yeah, it looks legitimately like the tiles like are they breaking. are sprite sheets, and their sprite sheets are off by a thing or something yeah and it's all fucked up looking yeah this game uses kind of nes glitch aesthetics in a cool yeah. way yeah yes that i don't see much because i don't play the indie games that john does so like the only I... other point of reference i have is redder yeah. which also uh -huh. used it very well yeah that's and a if, good good reference and, it, and if this game just turns into atari graphics at the end i wouldn't be that surprised just <laughs> you are a small block the final boss is a big block go yeah it's just Pong. You're just playing a game of combat on Atari 2600. <laughs> There's an FMV movie where it pulls out, and it's just yeah, like a kid and his lot. dad playing a game. Blowing the cartridge, the enemies are all glitched out. Yeah. There you go. Speaking of, yeah. Speaking of the 2600, a friend of mine bought an Atari 2600 not too long ago, and I desperately wanted to buy a copy of Beat 'em and Eat 'em for him as a joke. <laughs> And that fucking game is fifty dollars. Yep. Who would pay fifty dollars for a video game? There's exactly. no games worth that much. Not at all. Oh, like, can you think Christ. of a single NES game you'd pay fifty dollars for? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Who the fuck would ask a question like that? So that's a, about it about Axiom Verge, but then I just realized I haven't mentioned the story at all. Yeah, it's it's and, eh, um, it's just kind of there. 
Yeah. Like, like I, I kind of wish it was just, like, the lore logs. Like, I find those a little interesting. Yeah. But, like, the actual what's happening, I don't really care about at all. Yeah. I got, like, my complaints of this game are really petty, but it's like, I wish there were no outdoor areas. Because uh. I just love the whole claustrophobic diving into the planet theme. I get that. I, really I get that. that. But. I think that he purposefully avoided that because he didn't want to just make Metroid. Yeah. I really like that outdoor area where you pop out near the top. Yeah. Like, that was one of the ones that came to mind. But there's, like, four of them, though. That's the thing. Uh Uh-huh. There's multiple outdoor areas. There's, like, the sunny one and then the the snowy one and the kind of nighttime one. It's just like, eh. Yeah. You know know what a lot of it is? I am obsessed with 100%ing the map and getting the upper corners in those rooms is, like, really hard. Yeah. So I'm just like that. That fucking Symphony of the Night bullshit. As soon as you get to the upside down castle, it's like, oh come on now. <laughs> this was not designed well. And Rat, like it's one Rat... of the achievements is 100% of the map. Ugh. Some of like the super large boss rooms are just like, oh come on. Mm-hmm. I can see there's nothing up there because the camera zoomed out. But how am I gonna get up there? Yeah, there's a way. Actually, I, probably, I probably could now. Yeah, real easy. Yeah, that game's pretty rad. You haven't that, I think that's yet. funny that I think y'all's reaction are kind of funny because like I think I was kind of put off by just how many buttons you have by the end of the game. <laughs> just like the I, I kind of wondered if it could have been more elegant just systems wise. And I had a nice I had a nice time with the story. Like it kind of surprised me in a lot of ways. I think like, that the story does go places by the end, but it kind of takes mm-hmm. those last few moments for it to all kind of click. Yeah. They have, like, a big twist, and then, like, ten minutes later, they completely explore all the ramifications of the twist, yeah. and then they go in another place from there. Yeah. Like, they they have a twist that would be the ending of a boring Metroid clone. Yeah. And then they actually move past that and have a story that's worth telling. Right. So I appreciated that. The protagonist is pretty boring, just personality-wise, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think someone said he was like, someone described him as like, you, oh, you, hello, welcome to my webcomic, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty fair. He's not that bad. He's just kind of there. Yeah. yeah, I like his look but, though. Like he looks cool. Yeah, and, like the jackets you get. The jackets are really cool. Honestly, I really like his. I honestly really, I said that, but then I really like his um, how he talks with the other characters by, especially in the back half, and how he ultimately communicates with the final boss. Yeah, um, no, not, he's got I'm not some. There yet. I'm not there yet. Yeah, don't oh, you haven't finished the game. I have. Right. I, I, I'm in the final area, or what I oh, think. Oh, okay, cool. I'm glad I didn't spoil it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of good dialogue, and I think the story is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm like at the elevator, or what mm-hmm. they called it. I like the hallucination Torian yeah, room. That I really thought that was going to be a real boss fight. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, shit, I lost. <laughs> I can't remember how it went. So I don't know. I feel like. I feel like I came away from it feeling a little bit lukewarm on a systems level, and I'm thinking maybe I just need to fucking play it on hard, because I think uh, that that would make basically everything feel a lot more taut if, yeah. like, the enemies yeah. are actually threatening. Oh, oh. so... Yeah. 
it's like really even the normal start. Even the normal enemies can fuck your shit up fast. Yeah, it's it's so on normal mode. It it is much better than any Agavania, basically. Yeah, and then so on hard mode, it's like, oh, this might just be actually really fucking good. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'll probably get that a replay yeah. at some point then. I use the sh- like. There's the green shotgun kind of blast that shoots yeah, through walls. Yeah, it's so good. I use that so much because I'm so terrified to get close to most enemies, <laughs> especially like in that Torian. Oh area god, at the end yeah. Where they're just get... like, yeah, they're doing aggressive. Like a fifth of your life in one hit. Yeah. Jeez. They get real aggressive at the end. Yes. It's like the last area is just like, oh, if I touch anything, I'm dead. Fuck. Pretty much. The hallucination section is real cool, though. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, there's some parts in this game where they'll kind of subtly lock you out from where you were before, and then you're like, oh, I'm stuck in here, huh? So, like, I tried to get out of the hallucination area, and it wouldn't let me because I'd phase through a wall, oh. and then I couldn't go back that way mm-hmm. without an upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, it's real clever, actually. Yeah. Like, when you go from area two to three, there's, like, yeah. a jump you can't make on the way back. Yeah, yeah I noticed so that. So you get locked in. That's good, because Super Metroid did do that a couple times, just so if you give the player the entire map all the time, they're just going to, like, backtrack constantly and get lost and not yeah. ever forward some. Because I was backtracking constantly and getting lost in Axiom Verge, but... And then I realized that the way forward was actually really obvious, and I just was yeah. a dumb dumb. Yeah. But every time I did that, I'd be I'd hit kind of one of those break off points, and then I, where they locked me off from the previous stuff, and then I wouldn't run around like a jackass for an, another hour. Yeah. 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 So it's it's very smart and super Metroidy in the way that it funnels you through the world. Yeah. And I really appreciate yeah. that. I think towards the end it gets a little. I mean, obviously it's going to be open towards the end because, but then they don't really signal where exactly to go. Yeah. Like to find yeah. that palace at the end. I'm just like, well, I guess I can get up there now. But then the path up there is so long, and I've come here like three times. Yeah, I played like I my file. Um, I did not 100% it get all the stuff, yeah. but I got um, my file was like seven hours, and I think I could have beaten it in about half that. <laughs> Probably. I think I'm already over seven hours. Yeah. I think I'm well, late. you're near the end, and you're taking a lot more time. I just yeah. backtracked a lot, wandered around a lot because I was getting lost, but it felt earned, and it still felt smart and telegraphed in a way that the Igavania games don't really yeah, pull cool. off. It's a neat thing. Cool. So is that Axiom so Verge? Yeah, that's Axiom Verge. John, what have you been up to? Um, I played all of Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc, and I played the first four chapters of Danganronpa 2 Goodbye Despair, and I finished Danganronpa 2 Goodbye Despair today while I was at work, and she said she cried for basically the entire last act and the last <laughs> half of the set of the fifth yeah. act. Yeah. And that she liked it even more than the first game, which is probably one of my new all-time favorites. Yeah, um, oh, I, I heard I heard on a certain podcast that those games are real fucking good. Yeah, very I play. Good. I finished Danganronpa one New Year's Eve, um, <laughs> which was a very perfect time to finish. It get actually that ending, was. That's good timing, especially that ending. Yep. Um, yeah, it was as good as yeah. Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc is as good as any of the games on my Game of the Year list last year. It's. It's a fucking magnificent game. 
and I really adore it. Um, Ensemble casts and, like you would not believe. Yeah, it just, they kill it with the ensemble casting. They have a bunch of characters that have, like, simple personalities up front, and then they explore them in interesting ways. Um, they all bounce off each other. There's a bunch of good conflict and drama and momentum, and it moves, and it's thoughtful, and there's lots and lots of feelings. I like Ranpa a lot more than Zero Escape, I think, which mm. I've experienced a lot of. I'm working on getting back into Zero Time Dilemma now. Yeah. Um, where Ranpa is very linear, is very linearly structured. I don't... There's not actually really any story branches, um, and the puzzles are nowhere near as um, ornate as Zero Escape. Yeah. So the Zero Escape games greatly value, like playing around with the structure in really interesting ways. Yeah. Um, and puzzles and um, really ornate, intricate plotting. Yeah. And yeah. Danganronpa is much simpler in that department across the board. And in replacing the cleverness, they basically substitute all of Zero Escape's structural cleverness with feelings. Feelings and genuinely <laughs> good humor. Yes, and being actually really fucking funny. Yes. Um, yeah, Dangarapa is extremely funny and propulsive, and it has a good, lots of good feels. Yeah, like Zero um, Escape cannot really pull that off because that's not the kind of story it is. So no, it, it's it is not a very, true. it's very dour. It's very dark. It's very mm. heady. And then Danganronpa can get away with having these moments of just, like, sheer hopelessness and agony. Yep. And then follow it up with pound my fluffy bear ass. <laughs> mm. Say that again. Slow that down. <laughs> pound ASMR. my fluffy bear ass. Monokuma ASMR. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um... Dyerapa Trigger Happy Havoc is the best visual novel I've ever played. Um, unless I unless I finish Danganronpa 2 Goodbye Despair and think it is. Um, <laughs> One of the two yeah. is destined to take top honors. Yes, just without question. There is no comparison. I really fucking love Danganronpa and it is worth everything that everyone had been telling me about it. And I'm really excited to spend like seven hours tomorrow um, wrapping up 2. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna wanna yeah play set, through that. Set your time, like make sure you ain't got shit to do, and just sit down and do it because mm -hmm. that's it. Like those that last the last like the last chapter and a half of that game, like they sink their hooks in and they're not fucking letting go. That's kind of what I figured. Um, yeah, the chapter four and five executions and um. Dang and Rapa one are very effective. Oh God! Rewatched the five one and cried a lot during work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, a couple days ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's a character in that game who leaves early on and is just very cool and effective and lovely, and I love them. Yes. Um. Yeah, that whole the twist that that story takes. 
the whole the note of ambiguity that Danganronpa one ends on is wholly satisfying too. So I could I could have easily if that was the only one I easily I would have felt completely satisfied. Yeah, like and, like Danganronpa two like is you don't have to play it, but I strongly encourage people to. Because I think that the the like like I said in my game of the year, like both of those games are so connected to one another that it's just incredible. It's an incredible experience when you can put it all together. It really, I mean, someone told me um, early on that they really liked how um, Dragon Rampa Two, instead of just being a straight sequel, went for the MGS Two. The Metal Gear Solid 2 intertext mindfuck route. Yeah. And I'm definitely getting that. Um, I haven't finished, you know, Chapter 5. But that's... It really feels like they're taking this very good and pure and wonderful catharsis from the first game. Yeah. At the end of the first game. And just tearing it to pieces and interrogating it in this really heady way. Yes. It's real fucking Um, good. And the way they so, do that through one specific mouthpiece almost the whole time. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah, so it's almost like it's almost like Chrono Cross or Mother 3 where the you can tell that they are looking back at this amazing work that they did and then being like, "Okay, but what if I'm full of shit?" Yes. <laughs> exactly. And then like I just, think I think Danganronpa 2 is such a brave sequel that it's just like yep. It's confident in that, like, it knows what it's going to put out there is good, but it's also confident to look back at what it did that was previously great and say, I can fucking do better. What if that's shit? Yeah. Oh, it's really a smart thing. And you can tell, I can just kind of tell with Danganronpa 2, because it's been teasing that along quite nicely for the whole time. Yeah. Um... The Chapter 4 execution in Danganronpa 2 is one of the most complex, like, reactions I can think of to a game. Because it's so, so fucking funny. Yeah, it's funny, (laughs) but it's layer. It's got layers to it that you're like, well, but... Yeah. Uh... It's very interesting because the Chapter 3 resolution is that a character is very not the person you thought they were. Yeah. Whereas the Chapter 4 resolution the character completely stays true to who they are and who you know them to be yes. while still doing something that you don't necessarily understand yeah, right they off the don't, bat. They don't, break, they don't have that moment of like a, a Phoenix Wright moment of where they lose their shit and like just completely crumble under the, you know. Rip like, their faces off. And you're just waiting yeah. for that to happen because they just did in the Chapter 3 trial. But then yeah. for all of that Chapter 4 resolution and it's perfect because of the... Because of Sonia's crush for that whole chapter. Yeah, that's so adorable. Oh, it's so adorable. I really love Danganronpa, and I'm probably going to cherish it for a very long time. Um, These games are very special, and y'all should play them. Absolutely. John, we've got Danganronpa (laughs) V3 coming this year, dog. Yep. Anna's Anna's watching um, the the three anime in the other room. Yeah. So she'll get her reaction to that, too. Yep, yep. Cool. She played. She played um, Danganronpa If. Which, oh yeah, uh, that's pretty good too. It's a cool little spin on some of the events in uh, the first game that give you kind of like a, a, an alternate take on another character uh, that you that we didn't get a lot of um, 
uh, a perspective from, and it's kind of yeah. interesting. I think you should definitely read that once you finish Danganronpa 2. Yeah, it's a two-hour thing um, that says, how would Danganronpa 1's story go if this character hadn't died near the start of the game? Yeah. And then it progresses logically from there. Yeah, it's real good. It's real good. It's real. It seems real cool. Uh, and then there's apparently another spin-off of um, Danganronpa 2 where Monokuma loses near the beginning of the game. Yeah. And so things just are hunky-dory, <laughs> which sounds pleasant, too. Our, ple- uh, our pleasant tropical island life without God. murder! Oh, <sighs> uh, you lost John there. Damn it. <laughs> so okay, fav- favorite characters. <laughs> Oh god, I fucking! I love everybody. I love everybody. I love, I love everybody except Teru Teru. Teru Yeah, Teru everybody but Teru Teru, the horny chef. There's it, even other horny characters that I love. Yeah, like but, all of the other horny characters are fine, but he is the simply simply the grossest fucking human being. Like Hifumi is a is I liked Hifumi a lot. Yeah, he seems like like all of these stock archetypes. That yeah. they stub into characters besides Terra Terra um, are just, they have so much empathy and are so sympathetic towards them and fill them with so much life and love that it doesn't matter that they're a stock archetype because. And, and Terra Terra was people. literally just, I want to watch you take a shit and jack off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's literally his thing, man. Japan. I can't even Basic. say that. I can't even say nah. that. It's just, this is a gross character that's just like, dude. Oh my god. Um, yeah. But sometimes, sometimes also, Danganronpa Dang- 1 has a bunch of weird gender stuff that's gonna be, that was interesting to stew over. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, interesting stuff to unpack there, too. I've had, yeah. a lot of, I've had a lot of people, since they heard me talk about uh, Danganronpa on the podcast, kind of, like, ask me about some of the gender stuff that kind of pops up in, uh, and it's just like, you know, like, it was kind of cool that people actually care enough about that kind of thing to want to be sensitive to it if that's an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought that that was really cool. So props to people, yeah. you know, it was just. To, it was interesting. Like I said, all right, starting chapter two, and then a person popped in with like, "Oh fuck, that's the worst part. Everything like, else is perfect." Like, and then I no, really you're liked kind it. of missing a lot of the subtlety, and you're kind of dis- also disregarding the fact that like we're dealing with teenagers here; they're kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's not. So there's it's one... not. There's nothing excusing anything about the way. Like, like it's not handled with fact. Mm-hmm. But. Like, I wasn't personally offended by any of it. Cool. And I don't think that that's... And I'm not saying that nobody should be offended by it or made uncomfortable if that's not their thing. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. I personally... I I know... Like, I'm comfortable with how I see that character and I understand that character and I'm totally mm-hmm. fine with seeing it the way that I see it. Napoleon, mm-hmm. I have you on record as saying that you've said that people cannot get offended by this character and that they're big babies if they do. Is that That's true? Absolutely. <laughs> Confirm that shit. Put it in black and white. Put it on the front of the Wall Street Journal. And well, at least they know. At least we know where you stand on the big issues. Right, right. Basically, the way they handle certain reveals is very tactless and cringy in the moment. Yeah, um, it's real and then in the, the moment. Char- and then, and everybody's... then the character themselves. Yeah. The character themselves has a story that's really nice and whole and in the way they follow through that 
for the entire rest of the game is really gorgeous and cool. Yeah, like, so, after, after the reveal... Like, that's why it never bothered me, is because after the reveal, like, everybody, like, they have their moment of, oh my god! And then it's just like, the rest of the game, everybody's just like, yeah, I mean, whatever. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's, like, just acknowledging that that's fucking complicated. Yeah. Um, and really, it also just comes down to probably cis people making weird gender stuff for the sake of their story yeah and then not really knowing what they're doing yeah but then without really thinking about it making stuff that's really interesting and resonant and layered and ugly and tactless and complicated exactly so it's sort of like it's sort of like um ava problems piece on um trans readings and dark souls and castlevania and just like having just kind of having fun with the gender gender ramifications in stories that are not actually written with that stuff like sensitively in mind like stuff yeah. with Gwendolyn and yeah. dark souls yeah um so it's all jumbled and messy and i think that's okay <laughs> yeah but if it hurts but you know warning if it that that might hurt you also um, also, Danganronpa 2 starts with, like, like several hours of fat jokes, so yeah, you can also take yeah. that into consideration. That could be a little uh, a little insensitive to people, but mm-hmm. at, the, at the same time, the character's kind of just like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. I have one more thing um, besides Danganronpa. I can no, just you don't. get that off that no, I thought about. No, you don't. We're running long. You don't have any more. Okay. <laughs> so I got one last thing we're going to tackle before we shove off here. We got, Go for we, it. we got some, there's no news worth reporting. I don't think. And we don't have any questions. And if we do, we'll just get them next time. Oh. <laughs> so awesome. I, I didn't even check. I don't think so. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah, uh, but we're going to, we're going to, we're going to cap things off with a little bit of butt steam. And I want everybody involved in this one. So I don't know if you guys heard that over the, the old Christmas break, uh, Blizzard kind of uh, made it known that one of the main characters of their tactical shooty game, she's gay! Holy shit! What? <laughs> Tracer's <laughs> gay! Tracer's gay! Oh my god. And, and they specifically as... said afterwards she's a lesbian. Yes, yes. They like, very no, specifically no, no like. Bisexual here, guys. Yep. So. But then how could she get to heaven? <laughs> and as you can imagine, the internet reacted to this news the only way the internet With... knows how by getting turbo butt mad. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. So I thought what I'd do is. I'd have us all uh, uh, kind of go around the table, kind of have a a reading of uh, some 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 tweets, some posts that have been around the internet. We'll we'll, we'll cap off with a few of these yeah. before we head on out of here. I will get us started, and then I'll throw uh, it off to someone. I really um, wanted to read the first one. It's well, so tough good. shit because I'm claiming okay. that one for me. All right, does everybody have the link? Yes. All right, John, do you have the link? Seeing it. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, are we ready? Yes. So here is the first of the Fallout, and you guys can pretty this up any way you like. I don't care. Remember, this is butt steam. We're, we're bringing it big here. So our first one is a tweet at Play Overwatch. 
Why trick straight people into buying Overwatch, but then make lead character Tracer a lesbian seven months later? That's not ethical. <laughs> ha hashtag ethics in game journalism. <laughs> I love that last like line. That. That's it's not, not bait and switch. I, the word the word ethical was used to describe um you know what's unethical we're like the, the experiments of the nazis yeah you know, uh, uh, virginia tech shooting tracer lesbian oh yeah this is they're all they all kind of stand shoulder to shoulder don't they <laughs> so um john hey. take that second one there for us what do we got I like to think of myself as a pretty open-minded person, but seriously, I didn't need to see that. Now, every time I see Torbjorn's disgusting little face in-game, I'm going to be reminded of his wife and 87 children. I didn't need to know that he's had sex hundreds of times to produce that army of kids, but thanks to Blizzard, that image is now burned into my brain. This was completely unnecessary, and I'm really disappointed. Don't think I can call Blizzard my favorite company anymore after this. <laughs> oh, you poor baby. Wait, you know, this I'm, one, I think this I'm, one's satire. No. no. The title is, does Blizzard need to shove it down our throats like that? So you'd assume it was a tracer threat and then it's not. Yeah, this is obviously a joke. Yeah. Right? Totally. Okay, good. Uh-oh. Okay, um, who wants to go next? I'll do this one. I want to do this one, too. You can't <laughs> okay. do that one, too, John. You can't do two? There's four people, you fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Samurai Karasu, why don't oh, you hit us fuck. up? Hit oh, our next one! Okay. <clears throat> Blizz prefer listening to these trolls and make the most emblematic character in a gay relationship? Fucking Gamergate. No offense, but <laughs> gay relationship isn't the standard and shouldn't be in a fucking video game like Overwatch. What's next? A transgender? What about Winston in a relationship with a human? Fucking bullshit! <laughs> oh, I just really like... What next? Trans A transgender? A I love that. I love that. Real shitty. That's so like, fucking... Like, he may as well have just said a dog. <laughs> <laughs> a, tr a transgender... Man, whoever wrote this... Is a capital A cunt. I walked. I watched the Bastion short, by the way, and I want to buy Overwatch now. <laughs> I realized that one of another one of my things is robots that are and that have bird friends, little bird friends, or turn into little birds. That's like I, a trope. I, I thought you said it called it originally robots with feelings. Well, no, it's specifically robots with little bird friends or robots that turn Jeez. into little birds. Because okay. that's like a thing in Adventure Zone, in Sonic Adventure, in Bastion, in, 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 in. <laughs> it's nuts. So who wants okay. this next one? I, okay, I want John to read the next one so I can get the one after that. Okay. <laughs> John, take the next one. I'm pretty sure the girl kissed Tracer as a simple thank you, and I'm certain the girl is her roommate <laughs> and not wife slash girlfriend. Can I read the reply to that? <laughs> Yeah. Man, straight people are wild! <laughs> oh my god. Ugh. Just like how how fucking un, like unbelievable is it? <laughs> this next one is the same kind of It's so good. 
real ridiculousness. Okay, I'm not reading this wrong. I've looked at this one several times. Yeah, this is pretty messed up grammatically. I think no. Homophobes are quite intelligent. Yeah, totally. Okay. She doesn't really fault or say she's gay, though. Could just be a British thing to kiss your friend. Also, she's not really gay no matter what. Because ones and zeros can't be gay or straight or anything because they have zero feelings of any kind. Why are you so pissed off, man? <laughs> no, he's, you know he's mad because mad it's a British thing, but he's not sure. You know how they like call cigarettes fags? Like, maybe it's not like that. <laughs> it's cool, though, because it's okay. like zeros and ones. If Tracer kissed a guy... Literally, no one would be like, oh, they're just friends. She's not dating him. Yeah, I know. On the phone. Oh, no, I would have thought that because I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's a British thing. Yeah. <laughs> to kiss your yeah. Yeah, roommate. Yeah, to, to just straight up with. tongue your friends, you know, it's not a problem. They do that no. all the time over there. It's just oh, a totally. fucking, it's, an, it's, it's a British thing. And she's zeros and ones, guys. Zero feelings. Yeah, it, and she doesn't much- really fault her say she's gay, though. Doesn't really. No, she fault. didn't. Fa- she didn't. No, she didn't fault our say. <laughs> fault our say. Samurai Karasu, why don't oh, you take gosh. us out with the final bit of uh, the great, the great the tracer, the, the final homophobia, <laughs> the, the tracer sex scandal, the tracer, the overwater gate. <laughs> <clears throat> there is nothing wrong. The tracer is gay. But that you choose to release this information during the Christmas season amounts to nothing less than having a gay pride parade inside the Vatican. Oh my god. Just like... What? The ridiculous... Like, the... Oh my god. That kind of exaggeration is my jam. I want to be gay to spite this guy. (laughs) Jesus Christ! Even even Jesus on the cross being like they've all sinned would look at that guy and be like, "Well, they didn't sin that bad, buddy. Shut up." Oh. I'm telling Dad, you're the first one to go down below. <laughs> oh my God! And with that, we are going to wrap up our first socks cast of the year. Um, Samurai Karasu. Thank you very much for joining us and getting things kicked off. Thank you for having. Thank you for listening to me drone. I hope we weren't too boring for you. Oh, no. no, sweetie. Don't ever <laughs> say that. As he's typing to Rhett right now, please, can this just end? <laughs> hang, up, hang up the call. Gotta jerk off. <laughs> hang up the call. The noose is waiting. <laughs> To be fair, that was waiting before the podcast started. (laughs) I guarantee you that would have been waiting before and after. It's right there where it needed to be, baby. Uh, So, uh, if uh, if our good friends at the old... If our our listeners want to find... uh, But keep up with your antics, where can we do so? Well, you can follow me on Twitter, where I invariably post, rarely, and not that often... So there won't be much. No, uh, it's at MMPR blog on Twitter. Sometimes I'll tweet pictures that I've used in my reviews with funny comments, or sometimes I'll tweet apologies for when I don't update on time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And of course, I believe you've got a link to your Power Rangers uh, retro retrospective that is currently yes. still ongoing there on. Uh... Yes. I actually. Fuck. You know what? If I was smart, maybe I would have plugged this in the beginning. Yeah, it might have been a good idea. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, I just recently finished actually reviewing the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> Man, I am not good at this. Oh. No, you're doing good. You got it. You got it. I believe in you. Man, I'll tell you, it's just like uh, fucking Simpsons when Groundskeeper Willie's trying to save Homer <laughs> and Maggie puts an axe in his chest. She just goes, ah, I'm bad at this. <laughs> okay, I reviewed the fucking Power Rangers movie in a couple parts. If you've come this far, just don't even read it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's too late. I'm already dead. <laughs> Rhett, where can we find you? Hey, have you seen the trailer for the new Power Rangers movie? Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, it looks It looks fucking... Wait, did you say great? Yeah. Okay, okay. No, it looks really good. I bet it's... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I I think he's just being subtle, Rhett. I think he's just being subtle. John Thayer, where can we find you? Farawaytimes.com Rhett. In3.tumblr.com. I re-uploaded everything. It should work now. Hooray! Yeah. You can find me on my dumb website. Remember, the podcast loves you. We're the only ones that love you.